1: and the secret proceedings.
2: Greetings and salutations to all my fellow Skywatchers. Once again listening to us live, intergalactically, internationally. You're here with us and I appreciate you all. Thank you so much for being here. And for all our intergalactic listeners, may you flappity, flappity, zappity, zoopity, boop. Till the end of time. Good times, everybody. Once again, thank you for listening in. Remember, guys, as always, keep in mind, this is Sky Watchers Radio. We're here to warp your every thought. So sit back, relax. We're going to have a heck of a good time tonight. Joining me, and uh, it's not the other guy tonight, guys. Joining me tonight on this crazy adventure is the one and only Mr. Christopher J. Brown, who's live with us in the Logic Studios. What's up, Chris?
1: Yeah, I'm doing good. How are you doing? Everybody out there and in the audience tuning tonight on this Tuesday
2: night. That's right, yeah. Traveling via the sound of your ears at ludicrous speed. This All is right. Sky Watchers Radio. Are you ready, Chris?
1: I'm as ready as you can get. I'm as ready. I'm as ready All as right. a prepaid pre made cup of coffee to get Joe. There you go.
2: And I do want to thank you uh, for joining us tonight, uh, Chris, because the other guy is uh, incognito out somewhere in the jungles of, uh, I don't know where he's at, to be honest with you. I have no idea. But he's somewhere doing some kind of work and he can't make it. So uh, thank you for being here last minute, too. I appreciate it.
1: Uh, No problem. I leaped out of the jungle myself, but I made it. You know, I had a monkey on my back, but I got him off and and I
2: made it in time. So to help you out. You're the man. If anybody wants to join us tonight, please call in. Number is 786-245-8127. That is, of course, free of charge, no matter if you're east of the Rockies, west of the Rockies. Hey, if you're north of the equator, it doesn't really matter if you're on Mars or Uranus. You can call that number, and we'll pick it up. Say no screeners baby just you'll get right through seven eight six two four five eight one two seven and uh, we have a great show to, uh for you for you all tonight to listen to we have a fantastic uh couple on here with us Chad and Alta Dillard are going to be here and I know you know about these folks uh Chris you're very familiar with mm-hmm. them they're the authors of the book orbducted and uh Chad and Alta uh met and married in the early 90s in the city of Little Rock Arkansas that's right. Uh, the marriage is one of uh, destiny, as Alta would say, uh, an arranged sort of thing. But Now, what they did not know is that from the moment that the couple would have uh, partake in this journey into the world of the unknown and high strangeness, that everything from aliens to ghosts to shapeshifters would be meeting them from time to time, and they would be seeing some of the most crazy things that, well, once you see them, that you can't unsee them, Chris. Very true. It's, it's, like what you experience with your, son, with your kid. You can't unsee that once you see these paranormal things. And, uh, it's, uh, you know, a great honor to have these folks on. They're gonna be with us in the second hour. And we're gonna have them on for a full hour of uninterrupted interview. And, uh, if you guys wanna call in, you're welcome to, again, 786-245-8127. It's that call-in number. And, uh, we always look forward to hearing from you out there listening. And the listening audience. So right. Chris, uh what have you been up to in the last uh, couple of weeks since you know we've had hurricanes, we've had all kinds of things happening in the uh, world and uh, all kinds of uh, kinds of destructions has been going on. What's uh, you what's you been up to?
1: Well, here on this side of the uh United States, you know, away from those, we've had our own little uh miseries and downfalls.
2: Yes, and you know, that is fires, yeah, well,
1: the fires, but in, but fortunately, uh rains have came and they finally. Have settled Yep, they have. They've came and they've settled down those fires. But for those people, as we know, now in California that are still suffering right now, we want to keep them in our hearts. Mm. But, uh, other than that, everything's going good here. Uh, we finally had, you know, we had some rain here for the last couple of weeks, seems like, but we've actually had a break in the rain here today. It's got some nice weather coming for a few days. I plan on taking my kids to the wildlife safari for the Halloween little, uh, adventure thing they have up there. Nice. This weekend, yeah, and uh, Winston here, and so that that's, looks like the plan, and, and uh, all, all sailing good here with Chris Brown in Oregon.
2: Yeah, I was getting kind of worried about you guys doing good, man, because uh, you guys weren't, you know, you, you went dry for a long time, there was no rain, and uh, last time I saw you on video, you, you turned up, you know, your, your Skype video, and I saw in the background, I saw nothing but desert and, like, you know, a camel walking by with a pyramid, and I was like, wait a second, where the hell are you, and you're like, I haven't left home, what do you mean? It was getting really dry out there, man, so it's a good thing you guys got rain. Yeah, we,
1: we had all <laughs> kinds of smoke here. I tell you, you couldn't see a, you couldn't see 3 miles into the sky. Up over, I couldn't see the the mountain hills because of the smoke was so bad, even on a flat earth. No, ah, even <laughs> on a flat earth. And I did, I got out there and tried to blow it away. I hooked up a few fans and tried to blow it away from the mountain myself, but but it just wasn't working. But um yeah, it was really bad, and then for a lot of people, it was just plain misery because there's people that have asthma and stuff like that. That it makes yeah. it really hard. You just couldn't go out in it because it would sting your eyes, and your 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 lungs would feel all clogged up, and like, oh, what am I breathing? You know.
2: So now, you has, it, has, it has it has it lingered? Has like lingered since now you got the fires up? But is it like the vapors and the the you know whatever was in the atmosphere has that lingered on so far? Or do you still smell that smell of smoke, or is it kind of oh. gone away already?
1: No, oh, actually, you know, the funny thing of it is it goes away pretty quick once a, once rain hits. That's the funny Ugh. thing is once rain hits and you kind of get a little bit more of a different when, you know, pattern than that going for a day or so, it just like moves out of the way and then, then you get the dryness that came back and then all of a sudden it'll, they'll start coming back in again. But, um, no, usually, you know, once you get a little bit of rain, it'll go away, at least, at least here. Now I wasn't as close as it was to, to, you know, out there and drain and stuff like that where it's at and that's like you know five six seven miles away up over the mountain ridge right but um you know that's yeah it's it seemed to go away pretty quick quicker than i thought it was because i kind of thought well gosh how long is it going to stay even when it goes out but well you watch this you watch the clouds in the sky they they move pretty quick so
2: on the wind you know so it did it moved out yeah, I was worried about you, man. I thought that, you know that would have lingered over, and that you know the rain would not really have taken the clouds away. But it's funny how quickly uh, nature works, huh?
1: Yeah, well, I had ash everywhere. You know, I had it all over my my tomato plants and and everything. So I'm out there with the.
2: Oh, you I can know, imagine.
1: Yeah. Uh, it, it was really it was really crappy. The neighbor had all his tomato plants and corn, and all. It just was like kind of almost like my me. The days reminded me when I was a kid and when Mount St. Helens went off. Uh, it was very. Very much like that. When you, know, when I was a kid and Mount St. Helens went off, the whole sky for, for really weeks and seemed like forever, but was just nothing but, but like that. It was just, uh, all smoke and ash. And, and of course there's a lot more ash then, but, um, yeah, it's just kind of, kind of brought back a lot of those memories. You know, I was nine years old when the Mount St. Helens went off. So I actually could remember that pretty, pretty vividly.
2: That's crazy. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Well, at least you're, you're okay now, and uh, you're, you know... uh Did they even determine what started the fires, by the way? Well, actually,
1: some of them have been started off by kids with the fireworks out there, and others... Figures. Others, yep, and others have been... My child walked in here, and others have been... Uh, That's laden. the guilty culprit right there. That's the
2: one. That's the kid. You know, I'm going to mute you <laughs> out, right? Oh, well, he left.
1: Look at that. He left.
2: He's, he's like, goodbye. don't blame me. I'm No, I'm leaving. It's for these... Yep, just, he's handing... <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's uh, he's, yeah, he's out here now, and well, he's 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 gone. The greatest thing is he's gone. So is uh, yeah, Well, there he is. He's in. He's he 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 was here and he was gone. Let me uh now shut shut him and shut the door out.
2: <laughs> and that that was Buchanan. First,
1: out, right? let me let me shut the door and shut and shut him out.
2: Well, you don't want to shut your son out. That's uh, that's well, I don't, but a bad thing. Bad, I know. bad, Chris. And oh, that, see, that I was, had my that,
1: other boy chasing him. See, so that was the good
2: thing. That was little Buchanan, right? That was a little. Yes, that was. Yep, yep. That, that was a little, little one. The yeah, by, the, by the way, that that's like the best name for a child: Buchanan Brown.
1: No, actually, it's not. It's Carson.
2: Oh, that was Carson.
1: Carson, yes.
2: And I have Carson, you, I have
1: Carson and Colton,
2: and which is Buchanan.
1: There's no Buchanan.
2: You said Buchanan. You said his name was Buchanan, right? Uh,
1: just went along with it. but There's no Buchanan, no. There's no you, Buchanan. You should have
2: a Buchanan Brown. I mean, that's just you should have another baby just to name him Buchanan Brown. Mm-hmm. That's a great. You baby. know, how about you? How about you go have a baby, and <laughs> well, and name my baby after you? That's not
1: right. Would well, you name a Buchanan? Um, you know, a Spino
2: doesn't doesn't have the same you know thump to it. I mean, your kid could be that like Well, that name could be a president, Buchanan Brown for president. Think about that. Yeah. No.
1: Maybe it could be a girl. Maybe they could have a girl named Buchanan.
2: That that could work also. Hey, she could be a president.
1: Well, she Why she not? could marry she could marry the president, you
2: know. Well, so, no, now nowadays you know she could run for president. She could be a president one day.
1: Oh yeah, she could.
2: You know, you know women That's are uh, running for president these days, Chris. They are. Yep, they
1: are. You got. I think about that. Yep. Well, I don't know. I'm 45. I don't know if I see any kids in my future. Maybe some grandkids. How about that,
2: huh? Ah, well, there you go. Once, I uh, don't want
1: to see any of them for about maybe 15 yeah. years. Yeah.
2: I was going to say, cause you have, you have little ones now. So if you start seeing grandkids now, that's, it's going to be a little awkward at the, uh, yeah. Table. I start yeah. seeing
1: them right now and, uh, it's, it's, that's, that's going to be a real trick deal for me.
2: Uh, for yeah. You know, didn't you just start getting off diapers two years ago? Uh, this just happened. Like, I'm sorry, daddy.
1: You know. Yeah, I'm the I'm the dad that everybody in the neighborhood looks at going, uh, what's up with this guy, right? So anyway, um No, <laughs> I won't um I won't, you know, be uh the cousin Eddie of the neighborhood. Yeah, but I good you job. know I mean it is what it is. Who knows? Maybe uh maybe a stork will come showing up, you know. But if it ever does then I'll think about that name Buchanan, and well, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to have a middle name.
2: Buchanan J. Brown. Say Buchanan
1: Blankenship Brown.
2: Blankenship Brown, I like that. <laughs> you gotta have all the beats in it, you know? Yeah, it, it, it's not really much of a, of, of, you know, of a uh, easy name to roll off the tongue. Is it's a little bit of a tongue twister, but it kind of course. works. It does. Kinda works. Yeah. But it works. It works a little right. bit. Uh, now, it's it's a perfect segue because uh, we were, we want to get to some news that we have here uh, ready for you guys. And I want to start with one that is not really UFO-based, but it is politically based, and it might eventually lead to some UFO-based uh, related stuff. So without any further delay, let's play that new theme for our uh, news segment. And let's hit the news. You ready, Chris? Yeah. Uh, I'm ready.
1: you can
2: not. Know yep, I am. Alright. Alright, guys, that's uh Scott Watchers Radio News. Here we go. First, uh, the first article we have here, and Chris, you gotta admit, this is, uh, amazing. This is happening. Okay. Uh, President Trump, and this is why this is a perfect segue, because we're talking about presidents, right? Uh, President Trump has just announced that he is releasing all the JFK files. Oh. Now, did you hear about this? Have you heard this at all? Have I've you been reading up on this?
1: I have not heard about it, no.
2: Well, historians and JFK conspiracy theorists are going to agree that the files are not going to tell... All the information, because again, if there is a conspiracy, they're going to tell you. You really think they're going to tell you? You really think they're going to put them in files to begin with? I don't think so. Let's say, for example, you know, let's just just say this for example, right? That uh, Lee Harvey Oswald was a patsy. Yeah, and there's like a a whole government conspiracy, and there's people to name. Do you really believe that somebody was writing the, the manuscript of what was going to be known about 70 years later, or 75 years later, whatever it was, in these documents, and they were putting in names like, yeah, it was, uh, George, uh, Cruz, uh, you yeah, know, he did this, and, uh, he is related to Ted Cruz when they were running for president. Like, you know, nobody's sat there and actually put names down. You know, you wouldn't name people if you're going to build a conspiracy that you don't want to ever be solved. I mean, who, who sure. would be that silly and that ignorant to put names on documents of murderers? Exactly. I agree. You know? Now, will they uh, tell you more information that we know? That's, yeah, it probably you know, gives a little bit more, uh, you know, insight onto what happened that night. I think most of the stuff that you're going to see in these, and supposedly, by the way, Chris, this is like, not just a few files. We're talking about like a hundred thousand files or so, are being released. Yeah, and okay. I mean, this is the entire ship, you know, that they have on uh, on the JFK assassination. This is like all like everything. We we'll get some graphic details about him and Marilyn, huh? Well, we might, we might, and oh, uh, we okay. might. Okay, all right. I mean, if there's some stuff linking to Marilyn, maybe even linking to his uh, fascination with uh, UFOs and. Uh, possibly uh, the connection with uh, some UFO-related stuff that he was wanting to disclose, which this leads me to uh, the theory and the topic of disclosure for a second. What if, you know, this is kind of like a testing by the president to give us a little bit of disclosure with one major conspiracy, the JFK conspiracy, to kind of test the waters for what could possibly be disclosure in the UFO world.
1: Nee, 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 nee.
2: Yes. I mean, let's think about this for a second. Mm-hmm. Th- this, this could easily be the way he tests how people would react to having a major conspiracy uh, be completely disclosed. Even though they're not really giving you all full disclosure. And even if they tell you, yeah, we know about aliens, we know about aliens, aliens are real. They're not going to tell you everything they know. They're just going to disclose the fact that they know about aliens. Right? Sure. Whether it's big or small, whether it's you know the whole enchilada or just a couple of details, just maybe the will acknowledge the fact that they've made contact or they've discovered life on another world or something. You know, it'll be something small like that. I believe that's what disclosure is going to be. I don't think they're going to be like, yeah, we know about this planet on Alpha Centauri uh, five eight dash two nine niner 80, 80, one, 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 BB. Uh, Alpha, and uh, there's a life form there. They uh, kind of look uh, kind of like humanoids, and we've been in contact since 1912. Uh, and yeah, uh, we, uh, we've been buddies with them. We send messages back and forth all the time. You know the Mister Greys. You know and that's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know it's not yeah. going to happen like that. You know, we'll mm-hmm. tell you something like, well, we've discovered a planet, and uh, it's Earth-like, and from all our intensive uh, information that we have at NASA, well, from all our data it looks like it has the compounds of life. And we could say that this planet is 99% alive. There's life here. Mm-hmm. That's how the solution I think is going to be. Or, or there might be something like, well, you know, there was a crash at Roswell, and they'll admit to that. And then admit to, like, you know, the cover-up. You know, since most of those folks are dead anyway at this point. I mean, who who's alive from Roswell that could cause any problems? Sure. Nobody. Uh-oh. Right. Yeah, they're pretty much all dead. Yeah, though, yeah, they're gone. I mean, uh, so. yeah, there's a few folks that might still be alive here and there. But who cares? I mean, nobody's going to want to arrest you know a, a 90-year-old or 80-year-old. I mean, it's be realistic. I would think so, they would
1: probably talk about, about saying that we found life in another planet and we've been contacted or something like that. Ever before they would ever say, yeah, well, Roswell, and come ever clean about that. Because by coming clean about that would mean... There would probably have to be more there well there wouldn't probably would be more answers. They would have that they, they would an, have to answer. Of course that would be what'd you do with the bodies, this and that, what about the technology? Right. Those are really the two main things that they don't want to talk about.
2: So Oh but they have know. easy answers though, Chris, if you think sure, about it. Sure. Uh, what's what's up with the technology? We don't know. We can't figure it out. it's alien. We can't back engineer, we've had it for years and we just don't know what to do with it. That's it. Easy yeah, answer. well
1: well, yeah, and but the real, the real answer is, is well, we're using highly radiated stuff in this technology, and well, we certainly don't want to tell you that we're flying in Exactly. Out. Oh so, uh, wow! We're, yeah, we're no, the, the
2: truth might be completely different, but that's still sure. the spin that they'll give you. I mean, again, it's like giving you a, a little bit, but not giving you the entire, you know, uh, enchilada, and that's yeah. fine. I mean, they'll you know feed you short driplets of information of truth uh, here and there until they you know eventually you see the whole pie. But uh, I think that's what you're going to get. You're not going to get the entire disclosure, like every single thing that they know and have known about. You know, I just I don't, I don't believe that would ever happen. But I think this JFK thing, it could definitely lead uh, to that. And, you know, I'm intrigued to have uh, Stephen Bassett on and talk to him about that because I know he was following the campaign with uh, Hillary very closely, with Podesta and Hillary, and they're interested in the UFO files and getting some of this stuff out there. Uh, unfortunately uh, for them, uh, Podesta and Hillary are not in office, Fortunately enough for the rest of America, they're not in office, uh, because that would've there would have been a disaster, but that's politically not here neither here nor there. Um but maybe Trump could be that guy. I mean, certainly he doesn't uh you know, he doesn't have ties to either really, you know, major organizations, major groups. He kinda He's a loner. You know, the left doesn't like him, the right doesn't like him, the middle doesn't like him. He does what he wants. He does. He doesn't. He doesn't have major organizations in his pockets, and that's one of the reasons why America voted for the guy because he's kind of a loner, and we and we kind of like that about him. You know, he's not. Uh, tied in with all these secret societies and major groups and, and, uh, they've made it known that that's actually accurate because if not they wouldn't be, you know, trying to slander him every five seconds, uh, that, you know, you put on TV and there's something about something negative about the guy or some made up crap about him, uh, and some that might be true. You know, you know, there's, there's a little bit of everything in there. Uh, sure. but the crazy thing is even Jimmy carter which by the way which is crazy chris Jimmy carter democrat came out saying recently that he's never seen anything like what's going on with trump with the media and how the media has relentlessly just uh, gone after this guy like no president before him and i love uh, jimmy
1: carter jimmy carter is a great guy so uh you know i'm, I'm yeah, always
2: and he was uh supportive of trump which kind of shocked me a little bit he was uh, saying that uh you know, it, it's a shame because you know we are really uh, having the media do this. Uh, by, by them doing this is dividing the country even more. Instead of trying to unite the country, they are just they keep you know doing things that are just divisive, and, and that's one hundred percent true. But that's a different show altogether. But again, what if Trump, since he is that outsider, what if he says, you know what, I want to know about these aliens. I've been, I've always been intrigued. Sure, I get it. You know, with his, his,
1: his kids too, that, you know, I mean, coming mm-hmm. from his, you know, I would think that, uh, even his wife are crying out loud, you know. But, uh, you know, coming from just that gener- younger generation they would all been at, you know, making sure you get in there, and you, dad, you ask him about or you know, and so who knows, but, uh, it does. It, it, it makes me, um, you know, have some hope for, for, you know, any, any president that wants to get in there and try to, try to find out the truth and find something out that maybe it's a conspiracy to everybody we've been wanting to know for a while. The hands up to him rather than just turning their blind eye to it, you know, and, and yep. just kind of, you know.
2: You know what the crazy thing is, Chris, uh he didn't have to put these files out there. Just so you folks understand this. Uh just because it's been the seventy five years and he is the president in of office, doesn't mean they had to sign the order to like release these files. He's doing this because he wants to release these files. He wants us out there, he wants the public to be aware of what you know happened. And he's intrigued himself. He wants to go over the information because he's a reader. Apparently, uh, for those who know uh, Trump, uh, and yeah, on the inside, he reads a lot. He, he, like, he's constantly, you know, reading and learning about you know different things. And uh, uh, in fact, one one thing that kind of surprised a lot of folks when he was making the uh, the calls recently to the widows of the soldiers who had passed away, and uh, he literally would sit there and read the biopic, basically, of, or the biography of each one of these soldiers. It would know every single detail of, the, of their lives before he made the call. Just so when he made the call, he wouldn't like mess up, you know, on any information. He would know what the the kids were doing, what school they were going to, you know, what kind of person you know this person was. Like he wanted to know as much about them before he even made the initial phone call, which says a lot about the guy. And uh, from what I hear, it's not just tweets. He likes actually reading a lot of books and material. And this is something that I'm sure he's been intrigued with his entire life. Because let's be honest, you know, JFK assassination Mm -hmm. is, you know, hands down probably one of the top four. Uh, biggest conspiracies of all times.
1: Well, and there's been so many books written about it, left and right, bestsellers for the last, mm-hmm. you know, thirty years more. That you know, you 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 know, sure, I you know how many he's probably picked up and read himself. So, not that you know, I'm, obviously other presidents have too. Uh, sure, you guarantee by you know, uh, eight, eight, eight eight out of nine of them have because mm-hmm. it's just you know that type of thing. You know, anything on the president, and sometimes sure they're all reading, but. Yeah, so who knows, you know, I, I, I'm i excited to hear what goes on in the, in the uh, following uh, pages to be read.
2: Now, he tweeted out, <laughs> this, uh, it says, subject to the uh, recipe of further information, I will be allowing, as president, the long-blocked and classified JFK files to be opened. And that was on October 21st, a couple of days ago, a few days ago, at 8.35 a.m. in the morning, he tweeted that out. See, when most of us are still kind of like, <laughs> napping... The man's tweeting about stuff that he's doing as oh. president. That's, that's dedication, folks. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. He is the tweet, tweet. He's, <laughs> I you, he could sing a song <laughs> and rock the tweet, tweet. That would be the president.
2: He's yeah. a tweeter. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's funny how uh, social media is playing such a big role. And today's uh, p- politics with you know a president who's a tweetaholic and does so much on on uh, Twitter, uh, but who would have thought that you know even like ten years ago that social media would play such a huge part in not only the deciding deciding who the president is by all the memes and the people talking on on social media you know back and forth and uh, maybe it's Byron, know. isn't
1: that the youngest one the, the the young boy Byron Trump? Maybe it's him that tweets.
2: It, it might be. Baron, uh, Baron, sure, yeah. Baron. Barron, there you go,
1: Baron. Maybe it's Baron that does all the tweeting.
3: <laughs> By
1: the way, that's a horrible name to name a child, Baron. It is. Oh, terrible! Name. It really is. I have to say, he did good with the two other boys and yeah, with Ivanka. Ivanka. Oh yeah, he did good with Plus, it. The, the daughter, he if he wasn't related to, he would he would date. <laughs> and,
3: <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: and and anyway, so we like that. But we all would. <laughs>
2: we, anyway. we would all would, would date her if we weren't related yeah. to her. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> that's right. <laughs>
2: uh, that's, that's funny. You know, people play so much uh, into that, and uh, it's that's always been funny to me because my dad said something similar about my sister, who is very pretty as well. And, uh, you know, my dad said, you know, you know, kind things about her in front of people, like, you know, look how pretty my daughter is, and, you know, there's, you know, he, you know, that's just a father who, you know, loves the way their child is, and the way they look, the way they are, the way they act. I mean, he's a proud parent, and he, look, say what you want to say. He's done kind of a good job with these kids because none of them are flakes or crazy or drug addicts or you know. Uh, 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 he
1: you know. has done a great job with so. the kids. I give those nannies credit; they have worked their asses off. The nannies just, are um, awesome, and uh, you know. <laughs> I know. No, but yeah, he
2: he seems to have a good relationship with his kids. So, I mean, even even Baron, the young one, like he's always like you know like leaning on oh. him, and he, you can tell he's very fatherly.
1: That, that Russian mom over there cracking the whip.
3: Who <laughs> oh, you it <should> off, <laughs>
1: you know, and uh, you know things are really happening on that. And you kidding? That kid
3: ain't
1: he don't want to move that mom. That part part her. You know, you that better, but hurry. You better go with your father. That's all you need, you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right, moving on to other uh, non-Trump related news here. It Says uh, uh, this is from msn.com. Let me start Unidentified object crashes down near Southside Hills in St. John's. Have you seen this? There's only seven hours ago, by the way, this happened. Have you seen oh, this? Oh, wow.
1: No, huh? Where would the crash down at? Let's go yes. get, the get the news Yeah. You down?
2: I'm down. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, let's go. Well, this? says it was uh, Ryan Cook... Posted it seven hours ago. I don't know if the article is actually seven hours old, but it says Andrew Wilkins was eating dinner in downtown St. John Pub, looking out over the city, uh, the city's iconic harbor, when a flash of green light caught his attention. The whole sky just lit up. He said it was coming on a 45-degree angle, coming down to the right. Wilkins uh, stepped e- stopped eating and uh, started. He said and started moving the uh, the ball of light. Well, I mean, start that again. Man, that was a weird sentence. Wilkins stopped eating and started. And stared as the, the moving ball of light crashed down on the opposite side of the harbor, towards the largely uninhabited South Side Hills area. He said he paused uh, to determine if he could hear a crash, but the noisy chatter of the busy pub prevented him from hearing any sounds the flash light may have made, or the flash of light may have made. It was like a big green ball of fire. He said it looked like, and of course there's no uh, pictures or video. I think abstinence. Abstinence. Was that green uh, drink absinthe? Ab- yeah, something like absinthe. Yeah, I think that's what he was drinking, and uh, he just saw some shit. What do you think?
1: Well, that's a good. That, that there you go. You know, it could be a <laughs> meteor came in there, and he seen that, and it came came in there, and then uh, next thing you know,
2: um, you know,
1: it was a crash to the ground, or burnt
2: out before it hit the hit the hit the ground, or who knows? And that says the Royal Newfoundland. Uh, Constabular uh, there's a tough word Constabulatory, or constabulary said it had revealed the cause for mysterious light crashing near the harbor, but there have been no reports of fire or injury. however, it was Andrew Wilkins uh the ecstatic who has seen uh the final moments before it disappeared. It was pretty wild, he said it was it, I've seen meteors and meteor showers and stuff like that before, but I've never seen something so bright. Uh that it may and so close to the Earth. This looked like it may have actually made contact with the Earth.
1: Well, he should have went out there and investigated out there, you know, and he could have found himself a an alien ship or if not, even better yet, he could have found a big old huge nugget of a meteor glowing with um you know, ready there for him to pick up and uh, take it in and get some mass cash from the uh, meteor. Maybe, maybe he did, and he's got
2: missing time.
1: Oh, maybe. Okay. Uh-huh. You thought of that?
2: I don't You're know. I guess that. we
1: got to get more into the story, huh?
2: Yeah, you didn't, you didn't think of that. Maybe he went out there and he said, uh, you know, what's going on out here? And next thing you know, he wakes up, and it's like 5 in the morning. He's like, wait a second. It was just 10 o'clock at night. What's going on?
3: Hmm.
1: Wow! You
2: never know. You never know. You never know. But I mean, you wouldn't know because it's not in the article itself. So <laughs> yeah, 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 I you're... didn't see it either. So, but yeah, okay. so, I mean, they would have to write that in there for you to actually know that information. oh, uh, we thought
1: we would pump it up a little bit. You know, I mean, that's kind of what Hollywood does,
2: right? They pump it up. Yes, they're very. That's that's what they do. They're very good at that. Yeah, I mean, that's, I'm just saying, that's kind of what Hollywood does. Now let's move on to the next story before we butcher this one any further. Do uh, do aliens exist in ocean worlds? And that, that's a very interesting hypothesis. And of course they do. Yeah, I mean, duh, infinite universe. There's a scientist proposed wild explanation for why we haven't discovered life yet. Well, here's why. Because you're not looking properly. Or you're lying to us. That's it. Only yeah, they're just see. they're just lying to us. I'm going with that with. one. They are. They're blowing smoke up our quiche. Now it says here, we know our galaxy is huge. No no kidding. Uh unless you're a flat earther, then you know they'll believe that the galaxy is huge. But anyway, and there is an untold number of other galaxies out there in an in an unimaginable large universe, right? We can't imagine how big this is, so sure. we think it's infinite, right? We also know that there's bound to be there's about to be plenty of planets in these galaxies and at least a portion of them are probably bound to be habitable habitable ones like ours with some form of life. So why haven't we detected, spotted, or at least heard a faint whisper from some intelligent source? Uh maybe some kids crying. Kids singing. Nothing. Hmm. We've heard nothing. Not not even a single you know, not not even a single like note of music. No, no. Oh, nothing, none. nothing, not not a whisper, no, not even not even a piece of gas from the planet, nothing. Not even an alien fart. Not even an alien fart, exactly. No. Now, a planetary scientist from Colorado Southwest Research Institute believes he might have the answer, and it's literally chilling, he says. Now he says, speaking at a uh, at a meeting of the American Astronomy Science Society Division of Planetary Science Division. Alan Stern proposed an incredible answer to that question, which has long puzzled astronomers and first contact hopefuls why aliens aren't living outside. Now, check this out. It says, it sounds like total bunk to us uh, since humans are spread across just about every nook and cranny of planet Earth. But there's a very real possibility that life uh, could form evolve, and even gain advanced intelligence without ever seeing the surface of their own planet. This will be most likely on a, fr- a frigid ocean world where underwater thermal events uh, will provide the heat energy to sustain life. And with a sheer number of uh, frigid ocean worlds we already know exists, there is no shortage of opportunities for this to happen. In other words, what if every intelligent life form we ever encounter in the future are on a water world? You know, we're the only oh. well, we're the only surface dwellers. I mean, I can go get
1: a, I can go to I could go get a new best friend named a, a bass named Billy. What? A bass fish, yeah. I'm gonna go out and get a bass, and you know, it's like bo- yeah. I mean, they yeah. all like got some type of you know what I mean. I mean, I got you. I got and, you. you. Three minutes, second there, yeah. but I got you. I got you. Yeah, so I can get a I can get some creature coming out, and you can have a a, a intellectual conversation. With a
2: type of sea being, I get it right I get it, but they wouldn't you, you would never be able to actually reach them because it's like from exactly. what I'm understanding here is they they would be so deep within the planet sure you know that they'll never they'll never be able to reach their own surface mm-hmm. and even if they could they're they're ocean creatures, so they'll never understand what's going on on the outside of that surface you know they're sure. you know they're stuck down there, which would suck mm-hmm. for them uh, that's literally like
1: a fish out of water.
2: Uh, literally, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, basically, we're living in a universe full of fishes, and we're the only ones that uh, are not fishes. That may, that would we're all out really of water. suck. Yeah, well, that would suck. See, you know, and here's the thing. It's, it's a nice hypothesis. It's a nice, nice theory. Yeah, but again, I'll go back to you know the scientific uh, philosophy and theory that the universe is infinite, right? Or at least it's very large. From what we can see, there's trillions and trillions of stars with trillions and trillions of planets. So to say that they all are going to be like that is ridiculous. Sure, there's going to be water worlds and and you know surface dwellers and, and and underground cave dwellers and and you know uh, you know bunghole dwellers and. But pirates and all kinds of things that you would not believe are spread out all over the universe. I guarantee you that much. Hey, in another part of the universe, there's probably another uh, couple guys on a podcast right now talking about the same thing that we're talking about, and they probably look very similar to us in a mirror universe somewhere. I
1: was going to say the cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. You know what I mean?
2: The tribes. Yeah, yeah, but that exists like in Africa still. Like they still have like cannibalistic. Yeah. yeah. Cannibal. I don't know if they live underground, Weird. but they might. They might no, live no. underground, yeah. Some of them might. Some of them, I don't think so. That was a yeah. That
1: was a good movie, by the way.
2: Mm. Cann- cannibal Holocaust. A cannibal.
1: It was called Chud. Cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers.
2: Oh, that one! No. I think that I'm talking about It uh, was Cannibal Holocaust.
1: Yeah, one of those crappy B movies. It was like toxic, toxic Avenger type of stupid. Where you just were like, okay, you watched it just because it was so dumb.
2: Yeah. Hey. Toxic Avenger was not stupid. It was ridiculous. No, it was ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> okay. Part two was stupid. Part two was just like, what, what are you doing? Why? Yeah. Why a yeah, part two of to this? Toxic crap?
1: Avenger returns or something like that?
2: Yeah, and then they, they had to just spread it and make a three. Like, why why make a part three? Like, yeah. Didn't we I learn that, that two was enough? Mm-hmm. Like, they never yeah. learned. Yeah. Well, no, it they either, do I
1: sometimes. Know. I mean, hey, Arnold Schwarzenegger never went back to New York. Okay? Let's just say that. when he was Hercules. So, you know, some people do learn. Did you ever see Her- when Ar- when Ar- Hercules goes to New York? Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That was a horrible that's movie. True.
2: That's have the one Arnold really uh, wants
1: to forget about.
2: By the way, speaking of the things he wants to forget about, have you seen his uh, illegitimate son that looks just like him?
1: Uh, yeah, that's the one he he definitely doesn't want to forget about because that's the one that looks so much like him. He's got the most pride in because it seems like he takes the body building side. Uh, that's kind of something that he's picked up. I don't know if uh, the other ones are into it as much. So, um, but that one is. He's
2: My a, goodness, you well, say he's, a, he's like a complete clone of Schwarzenegger. I mean, have you yeah,
1: seen this kid? He is. he's a you know he's a good looking kid. And, um, but he, uh he's a buff, big, strong kid. You could just see it, that he, he is, a, he, he, you can see even with Arnold that, uh I think in a way, maybe that's why Arnold has been kind of as much as was, uh, talked about him and was out to bring out just because he looks like <laughs> God, out of all the kids I got, this is the one that resembled me the most, you know, how could right. I not, how could I not embrace him?
2: So, and, he has, and he has a movie star named already, Joseph Baena. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he does. He's got a you movie know? star look, even you know. So,
2: yeah. he's he's it's a like young kid
1: that'll make it one day, and you know, I'm sure that he'll get the muscles like Dad, you know, out like Dad, but
2: you know, muscles. Well, too. probably not exactly like Dad, but I mean, I saw sure. uh, recently the, the he did a video. I don't know if you've seen this, uh, the Terminator Two re uh, reshoot that he did, where he shot one, you know, seen that he's at the bar and he takes the guy's glasses, puts them on with his leather jacket on, uh, from T2. The kid did that scene. He acted out the scene like if he's the Terminator, and, and he's spot on. I give him another like five years to train, and I'm telling you, when they ever decide to remake the Terminator, that's your guy. I mean, you yeah. have to go. You have to go no CGI on this, uh, James Cameron. That's your guy. Like just, just get Arnold's kid. That's it.
1: And I see Done. the funny thing of it is you. You said that it's the funniest thing of it is is that of all his kids, he's actually the one that's got the got that movie star type of quality it looks to him. <laughs>
2: he looks to be the one yes. that's getting
1: following into Arnold Mold of being the star in that way. I, I totally get that. So yeah, that's, he's, that's he's- funny.
2: He's got the, the action star look to him. Not like his other mm-hmm. kid though, like the, uh, you uh know, he, yeah, he has, yeah, the
1: other kids are really suave, good looking kids too, so, you yeah, know. Wasn't he, like, he, was he
2: dating like one of the, was he dating like one of the Kardashians or Miley Cyrus or one of these? Miley Cyrus was the one. Yeah. Patrick or whatever his
1: name is, yeah. And they're really, they aren't buff kids at all, really. They're just kind of normal, kind of, you know, kind of just. But like, he has that kids. movie star
2: look to him, also. Yeah, like, if you, you put him in mm-hmm. a, he has like a teeny bumper, like movie star kind of look to him. Yeah, he I, like, the, I, you know, the, but he doesn't have like that action star quality looking like the like Joseph Diane I mean they can't, yeah, well, the kind literally... of
1: bruiser the kind of bruiserness kind of the rock kind of look to him you know right kinda of, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: so yeah, that, that was freaky, I don't know i think they i think they cloned, I don't think he had sex with that woman, I think he cloned himself That's, that's what so that was
1: <laughs> yeah it was all set up, they just aren't telling anybody right it was a setup that's what it was so I mean, he was like
3: I she, she I carried
1: she carried the jeans that the the buff jeans that he needed. And and he Maria just wasn't doing it because (laughs) because she had, she had too much of the tall skinniness in her. I mean look at look at her and and what's his name? You know they're they're just tall and skinny. So yeah, you needed to get some thickness in there. And so he seen that Nana running around with the big old booyah, and he said, (laughs) Hey, well Maria's not home right now, honey. And let's get you a DNA test and see if you hook right up with my DNA. And let's get ourselves a little hoplin in the bed springs here. And let's do what we gotta do and get ourselves a kid and make myself a clone. And I think that's what they did. And well, so I now. It's, uh, you know, it, it probably started, it,
2: you know, but it probably started more like, look at here. Uh, what I want you to do is I want you to lay back and you got to listen to me. This is going to be a marvelous experiment. You and I are going to have a baby. A we will bobble. <laughs> we will bobble bedslings. He's going to be the biggest movie star in all of Hollywood. i tell you right now. But don't tell Maria. You cannot tell Maria. know? She will ruin everything. Maria's
1: braced that kid. That's one thing. Maria's braced that boy. Uh, uh, it's her own. So I know. She, That's one big well, happy she,
2: family. No, nah, she didn't. We didn't embrace taking it out. she divorced Arnold because of that kid. <laughs> she divorced
1: Arnold, but she embraced the yeah. kid. Believe it or not, that's what she told everybody on camera, just to make us feel better. So she didn't have to look like a crazy winch. But yeah. who knows? She could have went and tried to throw bottles at the kid and poison them off, or getting people tried to t-bone him. You know, who knows? But uh,
2: yeah, it's it's a bad deal. So. Nah, but my hats off to her though, because I mean, uh, you know, a lot of women would have just stayed with the guy and and would have forgiven them, and she at least was, you know, brave enough to say, you know what? Even though I'm old and decrepit, and that uh, no man will sleep with me at this point, I'm leaving my husband because he cheated on me 20 years ago. I just I can't do this anymore. Yeah,
1: she's thinking, uh, I get all about all these other guys hitting on me 24 seven. Anyway, it's just another guy, and it's all these other ones. I go get a new uh, new car, you know. <laughs> oh, you know, have have you seen
2: Maria these days?
1: Oh, I'm sure, yeah, she's uglier than a two-faced rat by now. You know what I'm saying? It's, like, it's not looking you know, too good
2: for her. Like, she should have, you know what I'm okay. saying? But, that's why I have a lot more respect for her than I would have if she was, you know, hottie. But, moving on. I want to give a shout out to our good friend Alejandro Rojas over at OpenMinds.tv this week. He had an excellent interview that he conducted, and, uh, it's on his, on the website. Yeah, uh, put a whole post on there. With the son of, uh, the creator of Star Trek, Gene Rutenberry. And uh, it's a newly released interview with, Jean, uh, with Gene Rudenberry's son, uh, Eugene Rudenberry, and discusses UFOs and aliens with an investigative reporter, Jeremy Corbell. Uh, Eugene says that neither he or his father, who passed away in 1991, ever saw a UFO that he is aware of. However, he does believe in life on other planets and believes that one day researchers will actually find life elsewhere. They so. will. Interesting stuff. Interesting article. Interesting video on uh, uh, Mr. Eugene Roddenberry. And uh, have you seen Star Trek with anyone Discovery? I haven't. No. No. Haven't been following. No, at all?
1: I haven't. Yeah. I haven't been following. I, you know, I, I, I did the other, uh, the Seth MacFarlane one, but that was kind of goofy.
2: Oh, that's good. Actually, it's funny. We have a well, we jumped the, the shark a because we have a question on that. You know, for the. Uh, Mailbag segment of the show, and uh, coming up in a, in a few, in a couple minutes here. There's actually yep. that is a question in there, and uh, uh, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, so don't say anything yet. Uh, how you feel on the show?
1: Okay, I won't.
2: Keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. It's funny because you had no idea, but that is actually a question that somebody right. sent in. All right. Um, that's all we have really for uh, UFO news this week, guys. Uh, there's no more uh, interesting news out there. Sadly, it's been kind of a slow couple weeks when it comes to UFO-related stuff. Ooh. Yeah. Very, very slow. Yeah. Yeah. But hopefully next week it picks up and we have uh, some more good stuff to talk about. By the way, hopefully next week we have uh, Mr. Robert Morningstar back on with us for a little bit and uh, continue conversation with him. We'd love having Robert on. Oh, I love Robert. He's the man. He is. Yeah, he's He's been uh, on. He's been a lot actually on recently with uh, Richard Hoagland on The Other Side of Midnight and. uh you know, as always, nothing but interesting uh, information being shared back and forth by those two geniuses. Sure. You know?
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. That oh, is well, a lot of genius, for sure.
2: Are they coming for you? I hear the assembly in the background.
1: They are. They're, they're, they, I didn't even think <laughs> about that. I, I know it. I'm sorry. I will mute them out. <laughs> No, that has a little flavor to the show, man. I don't mind. It does, it does. They, they, they were, they were coming. And that, that's, that's the beauty of living right by the main road, everybody, is you, you know get all the action.
2: It's all good, brother. Hey, mm-hmm. yeah, listen, now we gotta go to our next segment before we get break in a few minutes. Uh, we have, uh, of course the mailbag show, which, uh, used to be the, uh, blast through the a-hole. We're just simply gonna call it the mailbag segment, you know, cause, uh, well, and the other guy's not here and, uh, you know, I, I renamed him. So now, next time we're on the show again, and he doesn't hear that name, and he just hears meal bag, he's going to complain, and then I get to pick on him on air for not being here. See, that's why I'm doing that when he's not here. Yeah, there you go. So, you know, I, I, I can bitch that's at good. him for a little bit. You know, that's a good idea, right?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, why not? No, let him have it.
2: Oh, yeah, I, I, well, I always do, but you know, I really wanted to uh start, you know, calling this the mailbag because this is what it is. You, you know, it's your mail to us. Uh We uh we love hearing from you guys. If you ever want to send any mail, we we take it any way you get. You know, get it to us. Uh, whether it's at you know info at psn-radio dot com or a hole at psn-radio dot com or skywatchersradio at gmail dot com. Or it, even on the Skype chat here, you know, you can go ahead and send us a, a chat. We'll read it on the air. Whatever way you want to send us these uh, blasts, you know, go ahead and send it to us, and we'll read them on the air. And uh, without any further delay, let's get to it. We say, here stay. we go. All right. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, here we go. Okay. First one comes from Chris, and he wants to know if they made a movie of your lives. Who would play you guys? Chris was spoken with a K, so it's not Chris U, it's a different Chris. But uh, Chris J. Brown, you want to answer that first? Because I'm thinking here, yeah, I'm thinking.
1: Who would play me? Well, for those who don't know, I'm a tall guy. I'm yes, you a are. Slender, I'm a slender man. Yes, got a little handsome, bit of a, I got a little tall, bit of a, yes. Yep, I got a little bit of a sense of humor, as you know. A little bit odd, maybe, I guess you might want to say, since, well, I don't he, know. He's tall, dark,
2: and handsome, and he's a little bit off, yeah, goofy. Tall, because, yeah. Yep, yep.
1: That really fits the mold of a Clint Eastwood to me. I tell
2: you what, <laughs> I couldn't know. <laughs> so we can have, his, how about his
1: son, Scott Eastwood, huh? Ah, you kid, you can't see that. Scott the shrimp, you know, so I'm going for the tall man. <laughs> I don't know, you know, I really couldn't tell you. You know, I want to be Clint Eastwood. That's his say I want to be Clint, Clint Eastwood. Maybe, 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 maybe Harrison Ford, maybe a Will Ferrell, you know. Hey, he's a, he, he's a. Not a real good looking guy, but, uh,
2: you know. No, so. not at all. <laughs> uh, Unless you're going streaking, that's not a very good answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Just really just don't know on that one there. I, 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 you know, I, I really will, let me throw out the, the size, uh, measurements there. I've always just been a Harrison Ford guy. I love Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford's the greatest to me. So.
2: There you go. I love but, him he's a, but see, he's a lot older than you, though. So how would that work? I mean, can they, re, you know, the age him like they're doing now in Hollywood with a lot of these, you know, Marvel yeah, movies? That, that's very
1: true. He just is not, you know. Will Ferrell's like we're about my age, and another guy that's tall, but and and maybe um, he's not real popular. I guess. So I like Vince Vaughn, believe it or not. I'm a Vince Vaughn guy, and he's kind of a taller, bigger guy like me. You know, uh, it looks like maybe kind of might it could be a, a, you know, I like Vince Vaughn.
2: That's a good answer and Vince Vaughn That's a good answer I, mm-hmm. I can go with that he's, cool. same
1: age as, he's also the same age As I am 45 I believe So There you go um,
2: Some would say uh, That uh, you're a natural You two are uh, Dead ringers Even I don't know Who would say that but I don't know Who would say that either No but it's, it's a good, it's a, That's a good answer though. I like Vince Vaughn He makes good movies um, uh, let's see, who would I get to play me? I mean, of course, you know, you'd have to go through the, uh, traditional, uh, lookalikes, uh, you know, the Brad Pitts of the world, the Tom Cruises, uh, you know, the, just, you know, the short list, uh, it's, it's amazing, but, uh, I know, I understand. Uh, Chris Evans of the world, you know, those guys, but I wouldn't want to be so generic neither, you know, I would go for somebody a little bit more down to earth, a little bit more humble looking. Uh, um, like a Jack
1: know. Black or something, you know?
2: No, not really. I don't know about Jack. I'm just going to try to. I'm just going to. Just. Okay. No, no, no. I want to say a Jack Black. That's a little too humble. A little too. I'm just thinking he. the body size is all home. Well, we yeah, remember, he, he was also Nacho Libre, and I'm not Mexican, so it doesn't work out too well.
3: Yeah, yeah. I don't you know. know. But, uh,
2: yeah. no, I was thinking more like, you know, maybe a Seth Rogen type, you know, he oh, has the glasses. There he goes, Seth Rogen. You know, hey, people would have said that that I kind of sound like him on the radio. Like- <laughs> you know, that ha- that happened.
3: Yeah.
1: That's right. That's a good one. Yeah, I think you need to keep that one. Seth Rogen.
2: So I'm going with that. And, you know, he has the beard. I kind of like the beard, you know, also. And he has like the whitish kind of beard. He's getting gray. Oh yeah. I got a big stuff.
1: beard myself going.
2: Oh. There you go. So I would go maybe like a Seth Rogen type. If, of course, Brad Pitt is not busy. Because if, he, if he's available, yeah, I gotta go with Brad Pitt all day.
1: Then you gotta deal with that Angelina.
2: If you know what I'm saying?
1: Now, how about well, the other maybe guy? maybe you can get something on the side from him every now and then. That'd be okay, huh?
2: Well, then they get a divorce, though.
1: Well, so what? You got French benefits.
2: Uh, that is sure and she is French. Um, now, how about the other guy?
1: Well, the other guy—I don't know. Like, couldn't he just be?
2: Um, I'm th- I'm thinking more like a Lyle Bill Lovitz. Bill Murray? No, not Bill Murray. No, no, no. John Lovitz, maybe. John Lovitz. Lovitz, you know? Yeah, John know, Lovitz yeah. type. Maybe a Danny DeVito type. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's selling, a little, always got to have
1: something, selling something, you know. He's, right, right. Yeah. Okay, and about,
2: yeah. And him and Danny are about the same height.
1: Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know he was uh, the the other guy was that, uh, that short.
2: Well, yeah, he's uh, definitely height challenge, let's do it at that.
1: Ah, okay. Well, that's what happens, you know. It's not everybody's gifted to be tall, but you know what they no, say about
2: those shorter guys, you know. Yeah, they they stand shorter than you, and uh, you know it's funny. If you they live longer, fr-
1: hey, shorter people live longer. So they think he'd be short. Well, you know what, buddy, you're going to live longer because the tall people don't live as long.
2: That that is mythology. But you know it's funny. If you've seen the uh, photos of uh, me and the other guy and Crystal uh, over at the MUFON convention last year, uh, w- where he's standing, you know, next to me or next to our guest that we had on on you know live uh, broadcast. And uh, if you look at the photos, you you would never know, but he's actually standing on top of like a couple of phone books. The other guy, and you know, it's it's, it's sad. It really is. He's a short guy, little fella.
1: That's horrible. Well, thank God those phone books are there. You know, yeah, I can I mean, use a phone book yeah. right now. You know, the days of the phone books are over. You just can't get in there and find a phone when you need man a, a number. You you to try to find a phone number is a not happening thing anymore. You cannot find
2: well you can but you just gotta you, know, you gotta open the book. Well I need a book.
1: I know mean, I, I tried to I tried I to try to it. find a number on the computer, it just didn't work. I mean no. to try to get a hold of my brother. Never worked.
2: Well that's the uh next uh question. This is the one I was actually getting to about the uh the Orville. Uh this is coming yeah. from uh, and funny enough, Lieutenant Cody sent this in. <laughs> Very clever Lieutenant Cody. Uh they wanna know Discovery or the Orville? What do you guys think, huh? Well, I think uh, Chris J. Brown here just uh, told us earlier that he hasn't seen Discovery. And what do you think of the, of the Orville? I'll let you uh, get to it first.
1: I hated Really? It. I didn't really? Like it. Yeah, and I thought they, can- they canceled already. No, it actually got picked up for a second season. <laughs> yeah. They picked them <laughs> up, huh? Yeah. They picked them up to drop them off really hard. Well, you know what? That's fine. I hate it. I try to watch it.
2: Well really you,
1: you didn't
2: tell you know, no, no, me you didn't well, laugh when the alien dude like you found out that he was in, in a relationship with another alien dude and they had an egg and he had to sit on the egg for like twenty one hours or days or whatever it was and like, then the whole ship went to hell and he's sitting on the egg the entire time. I thought that was funny as so. hell.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean I didn't I can admit right now, because I'm an honest guy, I didn't see it. I just tried to watch one I thought it was stupid. I didn't like it. Okay. So, but I, it's, it's my thing of it is, is because I don't like Seth MacFarlane. Okay. Oh. I'm, I'm not a Seth MacFarlane fan. And, and so it doesn't, it's like, just every time I see the guy, I, I, I think it's, 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 what's his name from the Brady Bunch? Um, Chris what? Knight from the Pretty Bunch.
2: He does kind of look yeah. like Chris Knight from the Brady Bunch a little bit. He does. Oh, my gosh.
1: Dude, every time he I see really... him, it's like a, it's like Peter Brady.
2: My God, that's so, mind-blowing. He really does. He yeah. really does look like him. That's crazy.
1: He does look like Peter Brady. And so, every time I see him, it's really hard for me to take the guy not seriously. And then when he has this smile on his face like this. But, you know, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's just got this cheesy smile on his face like he's, like, he's cheesily laughing at you, you know, but Hey, he's making money. Of course he is. But anyway, um, I did watch the one episode, and and then I tried to find it. Believe it or not, the other day it was what night does it come on? Did it come on Sundays?
2: Hey, I believe it's on Sunday nights. Yeah, I mean, I. I, I'm hey, be I, I I tried. I see them on demand, so I don't really watch them as they're live. Uh,
1: so. Yeah. See, and I and I was clicking on it the other night just to see if it was on or whatever, and I seen it was a repeat, and I.
2: I didn't. Yeah, they had the, they had their first repeat of the season, which is normal. They you know they they do that after four or five episodes. They have a repeat. Yeah, I didn't know back. how
1: many episodes they've done already. I guess let's say probably just had just about four or five. Episodes yeah, as all. Yeah. Well.
2: Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, I see, I've seen every episode of the Orville and Discovery. I, I like both of them for different reasons. I like Orville for the humor. I think it's really, really cleverly written. Um, I, I like the uh, the overall tone and look. It has that, that whole next generation kind of feel to it. Um, Discovery, I kind of like, but at the same time, I don't like a lot of it. I like Doug Jones's character. I think he's awesome as a lieutenant officer. Uh, but I don't like a lot of the storyline. I don't like the Klingons the way they look. I think that that's ridiculous, considering this is the original timeline and not the JJ J. Abrams timeline. Sure. So I don't like the way they made the, the Klingons should look like the Klingons always yeah. looked in that timeline. Like they should not change the way they look constantly. They this looks like it belongs to the JJ J. Abrams universe. That makes no sense to me why they made them look like that. Um You know, there's stuff that does not work for me for this in Discovery. Um, I don't know how long that's going to go. I know it was picked up. Well, the first I heard. Season, but.
1: Oh, well, it did get picked up. Okay, because I heard kind of yeah. bad reviews on it when I was, there was something come across that said that there was people kind of dogging on the reviews. So Yeah,
2: people uh, aren't too yeah. happy with, with the show. So, I mean, I don't know how long it's going to run for, but hopefully it gets better as it goes along because it does have some, you know, some strong performances. Well, the, uh, yeah. Kept, Captain Lorca. A, it kept, like, I mean, Captain Lorca. A, well, no, know, Captain Lurka is an interesting character as the captain, but it's show's not focused on the captain, so that's yeah. interesting in itself. So.
1: Well, it'll always have a following because it's always, it's always, it's Star Trek, so it's always going to have a following of people just wanting to watch it to see what's going to happen. So no matter yeah. what, they can never say, "Oh, those the the, the reviews are horrible," because everyone's been clicked in to be watching it anyway. But I mean, as far as the ratings, excuse me. But you know, I could see it coming on another season. But the fact of what people are getting away when they're when they're done watching it, sure, you know. But I mean, it's you know, God, Star Trek. You know, it just seems like no matter what, it's going to be a hit. You know.
2: <laughs> yeah, but it's not getting the views that it would, and that, that, that yeah. it has to do with the fact that they're streaming it on CBS's streaming platform. Sure. And it's ridiculous, but. Uh, guys, we we're gonna go, uh, to commercial break. That's all the yeah. mailbag we have for the week. We actually had a couple more, but we, we're gonna get to them because we're running out, we're running short on time. We have, uh, Chad and Alta on the line here waiting to get on the show and, uh, be on Skywatchers Radio. And I'm waiting and i really just elated to have them on the show with us. And uh, without further delay, we're gonna be with them in a couple minutes here. So stick around. This is Skywatchers Radio. This is Christopher J. Brown. I am Angel Espino that you're listening to. And, uh, we'll be right back.
0: Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions
1: about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, Ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. TheUFOStore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the
0: internet. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's Superman Homepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Superman Homepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomepage.com for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomepage.com Seven three 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 seven four. That's nine five four nine seven three thirty three seventy four. Or visit keyinformation.com.
1: Here's a riddle for you: What do the California Gold Rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th-century flying machines, and an early 20th-century outside artist named Charles A. A. Delsha all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw, by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to
0: www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more.
2: Have you heard Mac Maloney lately? In your military career, did you ever see anything that came close to an unusual UFO sighting or...
3: No. Holy <laughs> sh! <shit. laughs> that was
2: the... Yeah. Ten seconds of... Uh, no. no.
0: <laughs> what are you
1: that tra- was so
2: convincing. Yeah, what that are that you one trying one. to say there?
0: Well, UFO is an innocuous term.
2: That's the worst <laughs> f**king denial I've ever heard.
0: An flying, flying on
2: Mac Maloney's Military X-Files, Friday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern, on the public streaming radio network.
3: Unidentified Unidentified flying, flying on.
1: Greetings. My name is Spud Goodman, and I am, in fact, a talk show host.
2: But the Spud Goodman Show is more than just a talk show. Spud and his temporary co-host, Gerald. It's temporary permanent co-host. Super. Interview celebrities. Welcome live musical guests. Present fascinating feature segments. And take calls from an assortment of unique callers. Should I laugh now? And you can catch the Spud Goodman Show Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Right here on PSN Radio. (laughs) And welcome back to Sky Watchers Radio, right here live on psn-radio.com. Now, without any further delay, me and Chris have been kind of like really, really excited all day about this. Uh, Chris is, you know, I know, super excited because he, he's. Friends with these folks on Facebook, and he's talked to them before on, uh, on the past, and uh, and I've been you know excited to have them on for a while now. But it's such a pleasure to have both of you on now, Chad and Alta. Thank you so much for being here with us and spending the next hour with us talking about your book, your life, which by the way, it's uh, an amazing life story. Uh, you know, I've gone through some of, uh, you know, past interviews with you guys and just did my homework and, uh, it's really like almost a destiny made in, in you know, match in heaven kind of thing when you two find each other and, uh, it, it's just a pleasure to hear, you know, you folks that got together so many, uh, you know, a few a couple of decades ago when you're still together, which marriages don't last that so long these days. So that in itself is a miracle. Uh, so oh. welcome to Sky Watchers Radio. Thank you so much for being here.
0: Oh, well, you know, thank you for having us. Thank you so much for the compliments, and, you know, we've been excited to uh, be on your show also, and uh, thank you for, you know, rescheduling. I know you had some uh, bad weather that way, so we're Mm -hmm. glad you, everything went well.
2: You had also...
4: Angel, thank you so much. I'm sorry, I'm just going to get it said. We've waited a long time to have this chance to you know, get to visit with you for a minute and just to thank you again. And so happy you're all right on that end. And and Chris, really happy to get a chance to talk with you in person over the phone. It's yeah. just awesome.
2: Sure is. And you you folks, too, you actually evacuate also the area because of the hurricane. I mean, it's funny how the uh, uh, the hurricane season really affected all of us in a sense, except for Chris over here. He uh, was a fire affected. A right. uh, fire
1: affected, yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, yeah, here in Oregon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How was that for you, folks? I mean, uh, everything uh, okay? We uh, had to evacuate and came back. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, uh, it was just,
4: it was heading straight at us. Yeah. Last we would heard, it was a two, and then mm-hmm. uh, we just looked at each other. We're in a motorhome, and we just said, you know, we've got old puppies, and and I'm kind of an old puppy, and we just said, well, we'll just,
3: <laughs> we'll just,
4: we'll just yeah. get as far away as we can get.
3: Better safe without than going sorry. too far
4: and Jackson Mississippi had a nice uh, availability for us and that's where we headed and we get there for uh the lady that runs our park to call us that we're close to she called us to, they were laughing at us saying you know not a drop I mean it, it absolutely <laughs> bypassed us completely and not even a drop so better better that than never but yeah it's been crazy
2: better' safe we've than been started, gone for
4: sure. we've been gone for for uh you know we've just returned to the new orleans area after leaving since 2001 and mm. holy moly i mean it's just crazy <laughs> i think we're crazy
2: i you know i spent a little time in new orleans uh, or nawlins as you <laughs> would say you know if you're yeah. in the area uh back in the 80s and uh and it was a beautiful place and you know after what happened there with katrina and everything it's uh, uh you know it, it, they're finally now getting back together so to have another storm come by is uh, just a disaster mm-hmm. Um, you know, luckily it wasn't as bad as it, it could have been, uh, in that area. But, uh, you know, it, luckily for me also, you know, you, you, know, talking about what happened here, um, I have folks calling me. It was funny. We were talking about Alfierra about this. I have friends calling me and they were like, mm-hmm. Angel, you gotta get out of town. You gotta leave. You know, you're right on the east coast of Florida. This thing is coming right f- towards you. You're gonna be like one of those guys on, uh, on the news where you see this big old guy on the, Roof of his house, and he's waving, you know, for people to help him out, and and that's gonna be you, man. You gotta get out of town, and then the storm came by, and you know, I slept through most of it. I, I like, I was like, you know what? If I'm gonna go down with the ship, I'm just, I'm gonna go down sleeping. I'm not even gonna bother being awake. <laughs> so I, I turned off the lights Because the, there was no power So there was no lights So I, I turned the candle off And I said like, you know what I'm going to bed And I went to bed And I heard a lot of noises A lot of wind A lot of rain I woke up the next day There was still wind and rain But nothing really major had happened I turned on the
1: fan To drown out the out the sound You know
2: no, I, Well I had no power So I had no fan But uh, it, was very, it was a arum. very It was a like, very It was a very warm yeah. evening I will like, say A very warm sleep You know that I had that night But I think what I woke up the next day And I like a day and a half later we had power back on and I started texting my friends to see you know who was around who was alive and uh, was the same friends who told me yo leave town you're going to be that guy on the roof were texting me back saying yeah we're stuck in the roof of our building and uh yeah. we have uh you know we're, we're flooded we're waiting for we're waiting for rescue and then every other word was expletive I hate you, or guts uh, why are you still alive <laughs> and we're up here like this is not fair God doesn't you know love us Apparently, he only loves you. Like It was crazy. <laughs> it was one of those things. But uh, I was very lucky. And, you know, and, and this is something that you know, I joked about. And I, It's kind of morbid in a sense because my mother passed away last year, and uh, her name was Irma. Mm-hmm. And when I saw this hurricane named Irma, I was like, there's no way that a hurricane that has the same name as my mother is going to you know do me any harm. I mean, it, it's, karma will not work that way. I mean, that's not how the force works, guys. It just it does not work that way. Yeah. Well, uh, my my. Uh, well, lions
1: yeah. eat their cubs, so you never know. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> well, my my, my, my my grandmother's name is Irma. And, oh no uh, kids. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but it, it, later in life, she had she had Alzheimer's. So we were playing like, okay, well, you know, and this was before she was when she was way out in the in the thing, and they were talking and about her. The storm her going, was yeah. way out there. Yeah, right. when it was way out there, and I'm like. Well, you know, maybe maybe this Irma has Alzheimer's too and get where she's going to just stay out there. You know, she'll just stay out there. And, uh, you, know, stay out and, you know, please uh, I hope this one has uh, has Alzheimer's too and just forgets where she's going, and don't hit anybody.
4: And Angel, our heart's with you over the passing of your mom. It was certainly a huge impact when it happened to me. Um, you know, a moment embedded in my soul forever, so Again,
3: our
2: hearts with you. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, uh, I tell you what, it's uh, people say you know time heals all wounds. That's one that never heals because you know I think of my mother every day on a constant basis. You know that you know three o'clock when she would call me to see how I was doing, or uh, just you know call me when something would happen to her and she wanted to tell me about it. You know little things that you know that she would say during the day that that now it's not there anymore, and those are the little things you miss, and you know it never goes away. It's a constant pain. uh,
4: Absolutely. my mom passed on my birthday to the minute I'm born, and not it makes oh, wow. it better or worse, because it is what it is, as they say, and it's just as you say. I am absolutely convinced that, you know, I choose to never let go of that that essence of that depth of that loss. It's mm-hmm. huge. It is huge.
2: I mean, I was uh, fortunate, and you know, I was talking to my father about this, uh, because he wasn't fortunate enough to be there with his mother when she passed away. He was in a different country, and mm-hmm. uh, I was lucky enough to be in the same hospital with her and spend time with her until the last mm-hmm. breath, basically. And mm-hmm. um I, I the last words that she told anybody, she said it to me. So, you know, that is something mm-hmm. I'm always going to, you know, go to my grave with, knowing that, you know, at least we had that kind of bond, and I was with her. But funny, you know, she had a sense of humor, and I'll tell you what, my mother was a very, very funny lady. And mm-hmm. the day before she passed away, and I'll never forget this, there's something that's just... It, it's just, it's going to be completely cemented in my mind forever. Um, the, you know, they had, the day before she passed away, Nancy Reagan died. Mm. And my brother and I were, um, and we were in the hospital watching the news with her, and we told my mom, we were like, hey, mom, look, Nancy Reagan died. You know, President Reagan's uh, wife. And my mother turned to us, and she was like, and she had been very quiet for days, you know, for the last few days. Mm. And she just turned around and said, are you kidding me? I'm gonna die. You think I give a crap about Nancy Reagan? <laughs> give me a pillow and pill some water, will you? <laughs> oh lord. Funny oh, lord. lady. And, you know, sure enough, the next day she passed away and, um, yeah. she, I, she knew, she saw, you know, it's the whole thing coming and, uh, um, it, you know, I, I miss her dearly, but, um, you know, that's, uh, As uh, as life is, that's where we all end up. You know, we all go through that stage. And, you know, I do think there is more to life than just this, which kind of leads uh a segue to, you know, what you folks are involved in, which is the paranormal. Mm. And even your book, uh, Orb Ducted, uh, you know, we we can get to that in a second. But first, uh, I know you folks have been married for a very long time, you know, longer than most Hollywood marriages last, Most a lot longer than most regular marriages would last, uh, definitely no Cuban. Like we don't stay married this long. I mean, it's incredible. When I hear have been together hear, longer
1: than longer than Brad Pitt's last two marriages. You know what I'm
2: saying? Like what? When I hear folks are married as long as you two, I'm like, really? How did that happen? You have no kids. Yeah, was, that's how it works. Yeah, I, that's the secret right there.
0: I, I'm 50 and I've been married for more than half my life. So you know that tells you something.
2: That's incredible. But no kids. That is the secret to loving marriage. That's a, that's the secret yeah. right there. Uh, no, but you know, tell the folks a little bit about yourself and what got you involved with the paranormal, and then we'll go from there and segue to the book a little bit. Yeah.
4: Okay, as, as Chad's pointing at me, I'll begin this and kind of you, frame you, you, it you. for us. Um, <laughs> I have a – I'm 10 years older than Chad. Uh, <clears throat> I'm born in the late 50s in the, the desert area of Arizona, a reservation area of Arizona of mixed native blood, French and Scottish, and – uh I have a lot of mystery in my past, and so without, you know, dwelling on that too much, there's just so much I've never been able to answer, and I don't have family. As I mentioned, I lost my mom uh in 1997 on my birthday in May, and uh, she was basically my only family besides Chad. I had met some family briefly, but just really had no connection to anyone. She had raised me around the country, somewhat around the world, my mom had a very mysterious past, also. And again, without it sounding so cryptid, um, you know, over the years of us sharing our stories and, and, you know, just trying to initially try to get help, trying to get help and answer. Makes
2: sense out of it rep- all, I'm sure. Makes sense out of yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Exactly. Just even just trying to get a beginning of that. Right. Uh, you know, what I discovered is sh- There were no answers, and every time I was trying to come up with some, there was always more questions, as they say. So essentially, um, my first memories, and again, just very briefly, my first memory, and it's very acute, it's very distinct, and it's extremely brief. seems to be when I'm about nine years old and I'm in Aurora, Colorado, being tested for ESP in a military hospital called Fitzsimmons Hospital, that I discovered just only in the last year or so has only just stopped being uh, in that location. So it has been all these years in that same, right, in that same standing location. Uh, It's still a facility as I guess so much of this type of whatever the, hey, that's all about, continues to stay, but it's been moved. Uh, It seems to me like it. Well, I, I'm not sure now. All of a sudden, I've just kind of lost the where it was moved to, but that's my first memory. Now, when people have asked me over the years, military in the family, do I feel that I'm one of these military abductees, so on and so forth, I have to honestly just say, to the best of my knowledge, no military in my family, um, but again, I got a lot of family I don't know anything about, and As far as am I one of those that, you know, all these labels are associated with, I'd have to say, to the best of my knowledge, again, I would say no, only because I don't have anything other to tell me otherwise, other than the fact that my first memory is being tested. And then uh, it kind of goes out for me, blank for me, from Aurora, Colorado around 9 to now we've moved. I have a mom and a stepfather who I understand enters into my life when I'm about 5 years old. Uh we've now moved the three of us from Colorado to the Midwest. I'm now kind of planted like corn in cornfields in the middle of the Midwest from you know grade school to the to about my second year of college. All those years pretty much you know I'd consider a a lot of mystery again from my past but pretty much a very healthy if you will for the most part. Kind of environment, um, and very fortunate for the years I was raised there because it was still, it was a city, a fairly large city, but it was still pretty, pretty, uh, barren around it. So it was just nice and peaceful and what have you in terms of my, you know, growing up years. So, uh, in those years I'm experiencing what I call ghosties. Uh, The Mm. ghost, or, you know, that kind of level up. And I'm not really too surprised by it. It's, I'm not not walking around saying I see dead people, but I'm certainly having experiences. I love questions, Angel. Go for
2: it. That's a cut you off. I'm sorry, but this is is an important question that I I like to ask everybody who has, uh, you know, experienced ghostly activity at a young age. Was it during the time you were hitting puberty? And I know it's a very delicate question, but it's an important one when right. dealing with this kind of uh, activity.
4: Well, if if my mother were here physically to answer it, which I so wish for both of our safe shores and mine, uh, <clears> she <throat> would say she would say that uh, I was uh, I was experiencing apparently the other realms, the other world, the other you know behind the veil again, all the language. From the time I'm able to start speaking when I'm little. Now, again, I don't oh, okay. have any memory of this, but this is, that's what always kind of helped fill in some of the blanks about what the heck am I being tested for ESP for? Uh, you know, I mean, it get in a, that's just, I don't meet people who, you know, introduce themselves to me or get to know me and say, hey, you remember back in the day when we were being tested for ESP in a military hospital? You know, it just doesn't happen. Right, right. I know there's many out there, and I'm certainly open to trying to connect with them. But, you know, in my world, lots of mystery in that regard. So to hear my mom say it, it sounds like it was something that was happening with me very early on in life. Um, but, again, what I have memory of is, you know, the ghosty kind of encounters
2: but do you think the ESP, uh, the ESP training, kind of opened up the uh, door for the ghostly activity? Do you think that kind of is what happened? Or?
4: Right. You know, I Angel, I'm just clueless. I, I'm a very <laughs> boring. I'm a very boring guest in regards to. I hear so many folks got all these answers, and I just don't. I'm so, so open to all the mystery of
2: it. The reason I ask is because I mean, uh, I've often uh, found, especially when dealing with folks who have experienced both psychic uh, phenomenon in their early life and, and then ghostly activity, uh, they feel like it, one thing triggers the other, like it opens up the veil for them to see uh, the other side and see ghosts and uh, be able to interact with them a little bit more than they normally would. And it's interesting that you had a government sanctioned uh, operation basically, uh, which was working with your psychic ability. Which is mm-hmm. not unheard of. I mean, that's definitely not unheard right. of. We've talked to plenty of folks who have gone through similar experiences, MK Ultra, and all kinds of different things. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that's why I asked the question because, it, 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 in a sense, uh, to me, it, it almost feels like that is something that can easily happen. You can trigger the the mind's uh, you know third eye and, and drop the veil uh, to be able to see mm-hmm. what you know it might be on the other side very easily.
4: Absolutely. I just, in my case, again, without, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I just don't have, I just don't have the specifics as far as the uh, being able to fill in all those blanks. There's just a lot of blanks there. Uh, so what what we do offer when we are are able to have a chance to offer anything publicly, mm-hmm. such as you know, you gracing us with you know this time you and Chris with us on the show this evening. As we do share with you our absolute understanding of our truth to the best of our knowledge, and I'd have to say nothing more and nothing less. You know, no, is, I, appreciate,
2: I, I appreciate that answer because I mean, at least you're not selling a false narrative. I mean, you're, you're being very honest, so that's right. That's refreshing in this field, mm. Honestly. Mm. honestly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I certainly,
4: deals. you know, we, we just uh, we just try so hard to. Uh, I know in my case and very specifically, and again, Chad has a lot to share as well, and it's very different than myself. Um, I, In my case in particular, I feel that I have been truly forced or I force myself, whatever the case is, maybe all of the above, from my brain to absolutely, I've always said it in the beginning, it exploded. But beyond the explosion of the brain, just the expansion of the brain, I mean, just really pushing the boundaries of trying to have understanding. And when people tell me they have answers, I think that's very good for them if this is what they feel or what they believe. But in my case, I don't. So mm-hmm. I just continue yeah. to just opening up and keep asking others to do the same with us.
2: Yeah, you know what? I've uh, often found the same thing. Anybody who tells you they have all the answers, usually are kind of the, the first clueless uh, individuals sure. in the bunch. Uh um, right. you know, yeah. Chris, you know, any questions you want to ask? Us, I, I hear you... Uh, Trying to get something done.
1: No, actually, I I got really don't. I'm just intrigued. Just listen to, to what she's saying and the story as the story goes. But I will ask a question as we get going.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, uh, Chad, Ch- Ch- clue us in into your past a little bit so we can uh, learn a little bit about yourself.
0: Uh, well, I'm uh, originally from Arkansas. Uh, spent most of my childhood there uh, in, up into my 20s. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And, um, my, my dad was a rice farmer in my younger days. Uh, that's the only really kind of, you know, that a couple of strange things happened in my childhood. Nothing too far out there, but, uh, there was one instance when, uh, right out beside our house was a, uh, it was a soybean field and, There were these three huge burn uh, circles out in the middle of the field between uh, our house and the the shop where they they kept the tractors and everything. And it was, they were like 12, 15 foot in diameter and, and just in a straight line. And I remember my dad and my uncle and my grandfather, you know, they all worked together and they were you know very puzzled and confused had never seen anything like it uh, and then uh there was some kind of poltergeist activity with my dad and and my stepmother's house at at one time and then my uh my i I talked to my brother a few months ago and he told me a story that I had not remembered but uh he said we were at my dad's house everybody was gone uh but him. He was there by himself, and he said the whole. And it was a, you know, a pretty big house. It was a two-story house, and uh, he said the whole house, all the doorknobs were rattling and stuff. So, you know, again, poltergeist kind of activity, uh, not a lot. You know, my experience, you know, personally, but definitely activity around me.
2: Now, did you, I mean, did you see visually uh, any poltergeist uh, yourself, or was it, did you feel it, or did you visually see anything?
0: No, no, I, I'd never seen anything. Uh, like I said, my dad had uh, told me about, a, or maybe it was my stepmom, you know, was telling me about incidents uh, where they came home one day and the whole house was, you know, the furniture was rearranged, and then my brother telling me the story about, you know, the house rattling. And, uh but uh, i never really witnessed that now i did see the burn circles out in the in the field because they were right outside the house but i was you know like seven years old
2: the burned circles did it look like crop circles or was it just a good well, uh, they burn? were
0: they were burnt but they were perfectly round i mean they were you know it wasn't like hmm. you know if they, were, they, they were about like 12 15 foot you know in diameter
2: Oh, wow. In
1: a straight line. In a straight
2: line. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, are you convinced you're doing with poltergeists, or I mean, no, alien activity of any sort? Because I mean, I've often tried that you know, they're one and the same, and they're just, you know, misidentified.
0: Yeah, you know, I think it's all all related to, You know, we we Alta has kind of borrowed the term high strangeness, and you know, I think mm. that that everything, you know, kind of all. You know whether it's another dimension or another, you know, realm, whatever you want to label it. Uh, so,
4: you know, if I might, Angel, just very quickly, if I might interject again as we're moving sure. our lives somewhat forward, before we move on, as you're just kind of envisioning and taking that in with Chad sharing with you now about those circles, trying to kind of give you more of a visual of that. I I neglected to mention because I was saying that my first memory very short and brief as it was, albeit that it was, you know, when I'm nine years old. Prior to that, again, I have no memory of any of this, obviously, but this is my mother's words. She only would share it with a couple of people in my early life but because she trusted no one. But when she did, which I found very surprising, she her words were, uh, she had left my father when I was six months old, so this would have made it the end of 1957-58. She claims that she's driving across the highway in the desert, or across the desert is how she put it. I have no idea what desert she's speaking
1: about. It was the um, desert with no name, or was no That's okay, right. It was the horse, that's oh, she was right. on a horse with no name in the yeah. desert. There you go. Was it midnight in, in the time? desert? <laughs> you
4: know, very well. Could have been, except she says it's daytime. And she said that uh, she's no, driving midnight. on. I'm the only passenger at six months old, and she claims that a metallic craft came down out of the sky, a small metallic craft came out of the sky and landed on the road and stopped her. Now, again, um, that's not a subject I had any interest in. When I say at all, I mean at all. And I was extremely embarrassed when she would say this, so I would disappear out of the room. And then, uh, you know, what I do remember is that nobody ever challenged my mom when she said this. I think their mouths were still hanging open, mm. and you know, nobody ever challenged her. And so that's all that I know about it. But again, just adding it to the to the kind of the storyline, if you will.
2: Oh well, yeah, but well, I, well, I mean, the the uh, the reason they will never question is that's mom. Why would you question you know mom who wouldn't lie about this kind of thing? Uh, yeah. That that's interesting I mean is that uh, the reason uh, you, you know have the alien the little gray alien in, in the uh, cover of the book itself or do you think it's because everything's interconnected well actually
4: uh, he's a bit faded more so I think than intended but he's actually the little blue being that Chad encountered in his experience oh, okay. and the blonde female on the back of the book is who I was with in my experience so you know these two beings, if you will, were chosen for the front and the back of the book because they were the primary. Although Chad, if you know, if listened to about his experience on that particular night of abduction, there's a good possibility he's he's encountering at least three, maybe four, maybe up to five different types of beings in that one experience. And he's not with, in any of them that he describes, none of them are the female that I'm with. And in my experience, I'm not experiencing any of the beings he's encountered.
2: Huh. Now, I They're, wonder that, if that's because they want to soften the uh, experience to where you're comfortable, maybe you're more comfortable with a female alien being around and talking hmm. to you uh, Maybe just making you feel more comfortable. Even though I I would be more comfortable with a female alien myself, so I'm I'm (laughs) sorry to hear that Chad had to deal with these little (laughs) blue aliens that were running around. That would scare the hell out of me. I don't know what they were thinking. (laughs) I mean, the first time you, 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 when you first saw this, uh, Chad, I mean, uh, uh, what what was your reaction when you first opened your eyes and and there's a little blue alien walking around? Well,
0: you know, I I. when I had my experience with my blue alien, I was actually sitting in, in a in a chair, almost kind of like a dentist chair, but it was a lot more comfortable, you know? Okay. And there weren't all those instruments around that make you nervous. So <laughs> okay. But I look over at him. And you need more I, reason to
2: be nervous. You know, you're sitting there and there's a blue alien <laughs> looking at you. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, I, I look over at him and... His aura, his presence, was that of, like, a professor slash shaman slash scientist, healer.
2: You Mm -hmm. know, it was
0: a very loving, enlightened, you know, old knowledge kind of thing, you know. And, And his coloring his you know, which surprised me because, you know, I was like, wow, he's blue, you know. He's not green, he's not gray, he's blue, right. you know, and so, and, and during my, in know, all throughout my experience, you know, I had no anxiety, no, I was never nervous or scared or anything like that, so, you know, it was a, it was a positive thing, and, you know, I, I, I was comfortable, I was surprised, but, but I was very comfortable with him.
2: Now, did he speak? The way you and I would speak like did his lips move, or was it telepathically that he spoke to you at all?
0: Yeah, it was telepathically English,
2: okay, so you mastered the English language it's
0: yeah <laughs> I've it's heard
2: of blue, I've heard of the blue life. alien
1: before and and I'm trying to find somebody that that has a picture of their what they drew of the blue alien but I can't find it right now, and I was going to post that in there to see if you could see what they seen to the blue alien that you did maybe it looked the same, so... Yeah. What well, is it's the, the
2: image, as the, uh, image here on the Skype, uh, Chris? If you look at the image. Yeah,
0: there's the yeah. image on the Skype, and also right. there's an image on our Facebook page that right. I drew uh, not too long after my regression, so...
2: Now, did you see orbs before you had the encounter with the blue being, or is that... Hi, uh, it started for you also. Or, I mean, how are the orbs connected to you?
0: That was the first time I ever remember seeing the, an orb. Now we did see a large craft a couple of years beforehand in Hammond, Louisiana, which is about an hour outside of uh, of uh, New Orleans.
2: Okay. I mean, it sounds to really me like you definitely were probably being tracked since uh, young. You were very young, both of you, um, for different reasons. Uh, now, do you feel that maybe that's the reason you ended up together? Like, um, maybe it was not more than destiny that you would end up together.
4: Well, I have always consistently, ever since we've been public, since about probably 2011, I would say public, uh, have always used the words arranged uh, mm-hmm. in regards to Chad and Alta. There's never mm-hmm. been any doubt to me. It's always been my term way before I ever started having any concept of what's happening with us with these experiences. I also, Angel, I have never used the word, and and, and again, I've, I've said this most recently, people think I'm combative about this, and I'm not at all. It's just that I'm very specific. I've never used the word aliens or ETs or abducted or any of this kind of language I have an object in my upper arm. I've never used the word implant. I've always stayed consistent. I call the object an unknown for very specific reasons. And as far as all the rest of it's concerned, I haven't got a freaking slightest idea exactly what is going on with us. But I know that Chad and I were arranged by two males that... Were the most physical, gorgeous specimens of maleness a woman could put her eyes on. One. Well, me, me claimed, and Chris
2: have been working out. Uh, Chris. That's right,
4: Angel. That's right. I, I We've all met. We'll we all met long ago. Yeah,
2: we have. Yeah. And yeah.
4: these two, uh, these two men uh, with huge question marks, one claimed to be the private pilot of the other one's airplane. Wearing uh-huh. a leather bomber like... jacket, the whole nine yards. Oh, now, wow. again, that story
1: is so bizarre. It, it would take up too many shows. you want to wanna look at the Crow Magnum uh, man. You got to look at the pilot. You know
3: <laughs> what? Right.
1: <laughs> so saying the again? point
3: is,
1: <laughs> I'm just <laughs> saying. Come on, you know, the pilot, you know, American-looking guy, right? Right. You know. So the anyway.
4: so the point <laughs> is, is that this was all. This was all a really bizarre movie from the very beginning of Chad now to being uh, brought together. Blind date didn't happen, ended up happening anyway. Very strange story for us. Take note of this as well. You know, again, a whole lot to all of that story. But I'd like to cap that off with for people to remember that we learn within 24 hours of what I call our arrangement or us being, you know, lovingly brought together, that Chad's grandfather's name is Alta, my name is Alta, his last name is Duncan, that's my mother's name, which essentially is my name. Wow. Now, that's just too, for me at the time, it was too much. It was too creepy, it was too weird, it was too, what the is going on here, I don't like it, kind of feeling, and, um, you know, and I responded badly to it. So, it wasn't... And this all, I might add, happened on a Valentine's Day in 1990. So, yeah, that, you know, for yeah, anybody really, thinking yeah. all the warm fuzzy, in many ways, there there yeah. was a lot of warm fuzzy with a whole lot of other strangeness associated with
2: it. Yeah, you would expect that would be the day something like this would go down. You wouldn't of Love. Yeah, Day of Love. Yeah. Just crazy.
4: Cool. <laughs> yep. I mean, really. And
2: the similarities between your, your stories, too, I mean... Uh, and, and, you know, it, as different as they were, the fact that you both were having experiences as children and, uh, you know, the similarities in the names. I mean, yeah, this definitely has a, a, a smell of being arranged.
4: I certainly understood it. I didn't, I didn't understand anything when it was happening. Mm-hmm. And I'm still questioning everything, but it, in repeating it from that experience forward, it certainly – because after I discover about the name connection, it was just too scary for me because I'd already had too much mystery prior to this. Plus, I had 10 years on Chad and age. I'd never been married, no kids in my life. It was just too scary. And so yeah. I, I disappeared on Chad for three months. He could not find me because I wasn't going to be found because I didn't know what was going on. I didn't like it because I didn't like the idea that I had all this mystery I couldn't get answers to. I don't know anybody that would, and I certainly didn't, and so I had a bit of a, you know, as you can hear in my tone, a combativeness to me about, no, I don't like this, I don't understand this, so anyhow, essentially for three months, you know, we were parted, because I was, I had decided, no, well, I assure you, whatever this is really about, they decided, and I use the word they, something decided, oh, yes, and so... Chad has a horrible accident long distance, and, and then we get reconnected long distance over the phone, and I swear to him, he's going to return to the city, and I swear I won't run again, and I'll be there, just like, you know, a really bad movie. <laughs> and on that very day, we have this conversation. He's to return within 24 hours. I go out on a motorcycle, and I have a horrible accident. I end up in the hospital. We don't All get right. reunited. And then I finally escaped the hospital. I mean, like a really crazy movie. And I come driving up on Chad. And I mean, we're both beat to hell, stitched and you know, it's hysterical. And we got reunited and we finally said, well, okay, that's enough of that. We'll, we'll stick together now. Whatever is going on, we'll just,
1: we'll have a a song.
2: It's like a lifetime. It's like a lifetime original movie. Yeah.
1: It's like a song.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: I like it. A country song. That's right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, you man. can't write a you can definitely write a country song out of out of this story. You definitely could. Uh, I, could see, oh. uh, I could see uh I could see Garth Brooks right now uh building on the two. Oh my
4: god. That's
2: hysterical. <laughs> and it'll be we a serious got, song so too. About, we, uh, we, we did continue, yeah, continue. We got reunited. Uh huh.
4: So we get reunited, you know, and then we married in a year later in nineteen ninety one and I, we made an agreement that we would never have children and it was good See, for him. It was great for me and.
2: That's what I was, want to ask about because that to me is the key to life. No, no kids. You have no kids, your life is going to be great. Uh, but in your case is, I mean, that's because I don't want to have kids. I'm a bachelor. I like being a bachelor. Uh, <laughs> but in your, in your case is a different story. You folks made this decision, uh, because of your, you, what you were going through in your history and you know, what you experienced. I mean, right. And this was a mutual decision. You both, you know, automatically knew that's what you wanted, right? To have no kids. In, right. in question, a- absolutely. In question, following up, is it because you didn't want them to repeat the history that you have been living in the last twenty plus years?
4: Mm-hmm. I would say yes, and probably just about any other thing you could come up with, I would probably mm. be responding with yes. Hmm.
1: Because I mean, I've often really, uh, this really is like the peaches and herb song reunited. It feels so good. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Except, except, uh, you know, the, the reason I asked that, and uh, thanks for that, Chris. Uh, but the reason I asked that is because uh, <laughs> often when I've spoken to folks who've been abducted, and uh, you know, I've been doing this now for about eight years, the radio show, and uh, uh, I've had hundreds of guests on, and I've spoken to several abductees and. And one theme of, especially for those who were abducted since they were young, is they they almost feel like they don't want to have kids or, or you know have any more children because they fear the fact that these kids might be subject to uh, further experimentation or further abduction or whatever it is that's going on that they can't answer themselves for themselves. Mm-hmm. So why put another life at risk? And a lot of them kind of end up living this depressed life. But you do seem very happy with your decision. Uh, so it's not like it's affecting you mm-hmm. in a negative way at all.
4: No, I, I would say I, I remind us fairly constantly because I'm watching, and, and this just sounds, and I don't mean it this way in the big picture as far as the negative portion of this, but I'm watching so many families really coming apart at the seams with, you know, their children, the adults. I'm just not seeing very many folks that are real happy with their situation and it's, mm-hmm. So it, it it allows for Chad and I not publicly but very privately to remind ourselves that we're grateful that we made the decision that we made. And it just and it just sort of, you know, it, it's we're observers. That that's there's no question about it. Just observers in this realm of watching families and young people and I think it's all amazing and I'm just so glad that I didn't do that part of it.
2: <laughs> I've often said the best part of having children around is they, they go home when they're not yours, you know, like <laughs> nephews and nieces. When they leave that's the best part. Like you know, I have I have a, a lot of nephews and nieces. That's why I'm sick. I got a sick
1: one in the house. I woke up with them throwing up. So <laughs> see
2: uh, I avoid those situations. Yeah, yeah it's funny. They're germy. <laughs> yeah, see, and they bring lice home from school. No, thank you. I appreciate it, but you know yeah. that experience does not need to be mine. You know, it's funny. My, my mother, God bless her soul, and bringing her back into this conversation. My mother, would be you know, a couple of years ago before she passed away, um she was like, "So you're never gonna have any kids, huh?" And I'm like, "No, nah, ma. It's just it's not gonna happen. You know, just I don't want kids." And um, you know, and as you get older and, uh, you know, she, she knew she was, you know, not long for this world, you know, she was already at uh, stage four of cancer at that point. And, um, she said, well, I guess I'm not gonna miss anything if I, if I die, right? Like, and I was like, no, nah, no, nah, not not when it comes to grandkids, I there's gonna be great movies coming out that you're gonna miss, uh, unfortunately, but <laughs> grandkids, oh. none. And she it's was like, well, at least I could go you know, to my deathbed knowing that I'm not going to miss having any grandkids that I'm not going to get to know. Because she knew all her other grandkids, loved them all, you know, that they were her babies. And, and uh, you know, i got to fulfill that now and not have any kids because now it would really be horrible if I would pop out three or four kids. And I'm oh. like, <laughs> I yeah. promised her there were going to be no offsprings And, yeah, you know, that's it. I think paranormal activities to start happening girl, in my house. You never know;
1: things can happen fast. You know, I have a, a, and I've known him since he was two, three years old. But he had gotten married just a couple of years ago. His his wife became pregnant with triplets. They had the triplets, and then she got knocked up again with twins. And uh, wow. so, yeah, yep, and uh, they're yeah. So it's quite quite the deal. So
2: mm-hmm. well, at least she's not the octo mom.
1: Uh, she's not the Octomom, but she's kind of in her own way, her own kind of a mom. And we we really have actually, believe we're not in a little bit of off the left field here, thinking about trying to get this girl on a television show, because I'm telling you, it's quite the family.
2: I can so. imagine. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah. that would be my look. I'd, just, you know, I'd be like, you know what, I want to have a son or a daughter. Just have one kid. I just want to have one. Next thing you know, I'm having triplets, and my life is ruined. Two of
1: them are <laughs> identical in the triplets. Then the other sets, none of them uh, look, look alike, so... It'd be interesting if they all looked alike, like all the triplets looked alike and then all the, the, the both the twins looked alike. That's what we were, you know, kinda all hoping well we didn't know, but it would be kinda interesting if that happened, you know. But, but no.
2: No, thank you. Appreciate that, but uh, no, thanks. Yeah. I, don't need that. I don't need that in my life. But again, that's uh, to me, that's the key of happiness, and especially in a long marriage, no kids. But I mean, again, with you folks, it's different because you, you know, you were deciding this uh, in a mutual agreement because of what you had experienced. I'm sure, and I'm, I'm, I'm positive deep down that that is the main reason why you guys decided not to have any kids. But going forward now, I mean, do you kind of maybe sometimes have regret that you had that, that you no kids to pass along? I um, mean, you, you know. Whatever you know your life experience at the end of the day is,
0: no, I don't believe so. Alta told me when when she when we first got together she told me two things, and one of them was that she was told long ago by spirit or whatever you'd like to call it mm-hmm. uh, that that she would she would never mother her own, but she would mm-hmm. murther, mother many so mm-hmm. I kind of take that as, you know, what she kind of does now is, you know, spiritual counseling. So, you know, I I take that as her mothering many. And the second thing was that she couldn't wait until her 40th birthday, you know. And, you know, she she knew that her 40th birthday, she would have a life-altering change come. And... You know, of course, then, you know, when her 40th birthday did come, it was her mother passing on her mother on on her birthday. So, you know, not quite the life altering change that she was expecting, but definitely a life altering change. And and I'll just
4: I'll just add my two cents to the question is I have never regretted ever that decision. Right. It feels like it's coming from me, very naturally, from when I'm young, first starting to have memory. As in, never could I see myself in that role.
2: It's not an easy role. I don't know how Chris over here does it. He's got like twenty of them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's doing it for all yeah, of us. Yeah, but one one of my brothers has. Oh, you do uh, it.
1: Aaron. I only got yeah. I only got three actually.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I've got one brother with four. Well, I've got. Yeah, one brother with four, another one with three. So you know, they there's plenty of Dillards out there.
2: <laughs> there you go. And the best part after uh-huh. the, uh, the, the, you know, they're done visiting, they go home. And they, and they're not in their yeah. hair anymore, and they're gone. Hmm. It's the best part, best part hmm. of it all.
4: And now I'm just too old, as they say. I don't have to ever <laughs> think about that ever again.
2: <laughs> yeah. Now, let me ask you: Have you folks had any experiences uh, recently? Any uh, abduction on the last uh, month, a uh, couple months, a uh, year?
4: Well, I I would mention only because this is most recent. It it's creeping me out because Chad and I have been doing radio interviews or what have you, podcasts, what have you, since mm-hmm. about two thousand and eleven. This has never happened before that we're aware of in any of the interviews we've ever done before. We just did an interview a couple weeks ago. Um, You know, I'll mention the show if it's all right with you. If it's not, I certainly won't. But this is what I will say is that the guy did a two-parter with us. So he has us on part one. And then a couple months later, just this most recently, a couple weeks ago, he has us on for, you know, part two. We get, it's about a two-hour show, I'd say. We get well over an hour of it, I believe. And all of a sudden, Chad is speaking, and he's using the word swamp witch. And as soon as the word starts to come out of Chad's mouth, you hear a very loud, my way of describing it sounds like an electronic growl. And it's creepy as hell. Now that that's loud. You see the guy who's interviewing us; he's on camera, uh-huh. so you see his reaction. He stays quiet, but he—you see a good reaction. I giggle when I look at it. A good what reaction. That? I want,
2: what show is it? I want to check that show out.
4: It's called Paranormal Soup, and the dude's name is Jason Bland.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, you know, they actually—they uh, stole that name from us, Paranormal Soup.
4: Oh even,
2: wow! That was That's the original crazy. name. I'm not even kidding. Nine years ago, the original name of uh, the network wow. was, Par- was the Paranormal Soup Network, and oh, wow. <laughs> uh, we had we had that domain uh, registered. We had the uh, the network registered, uh, Paranormal Soup Network, uh, which is the initials were or the acronym is PSN. Right. And uh we ended up switching it from Paranormal Soup Network to uh Public Streaming Network to kind of give it a little bit more diversity and kind of like not right. be pigeonholed in the paranormal-only community. But, it, it, you know, everything that we were doing before was all Paranormal Soup. We had everything registered in. Once we took it down, immediately somebody grabbed it, and that was them. Wow. You say, they, were, they were waiting for us to drop it, and wow. they picked right on it.
4: How interesting, and I, of course of all the shows of, that I've mentioned to you,
2: <laughs> that, that, that
4: this would happen on. But that, so so it, and how, you know, we're taking note of all that. Very interesting, because that's how I see all of this. It's all meshes together to me, wow. and I don't see anything separated. To me, this is all ghosties, Sasquatches, cryptids. You know, the invisible, the not visible, the visible. It's to me, it's just all meshed together.
2: So, oh, I agree; it's all interconnected completely. It's all like tethered together, uh, oh. and uh, this is, uh, so and, you, I, and I've said it before: whether it's demonology, deprecants, aliens, ghosts, whatever, right. it's all one big mesh. It's all meshed together.
4: Right. It certainly uh, certainly seems to feel that way to me. So you hear this, you know, as soon as Chad's using the word. You know, because the chick that was orb-ducted with Chad and I that night,
3: mm-hmm. that,
4: that, that the book has basically been edited down to around the title, orb-ducted in the French Quarter, she's known as Christine in the book. She, she has an encounter just prior to us being taken, uh, days or, or just a few weeks, I don't remember exactly, just prior to this, involving what I call a wolfie boy. My words, you know, you hear me. I've kind of babied up so much of the language just because it's just all so freaking crazy that that, that's what it's come down to to me now. I, she has an encounter with a wolfy boy, you know, a dude okay. that shapeshifts into a wolf. And okay. then now that's that, that happens prior to her being taken with us. And then she's got several hours missing. And then she's put back behind the steering wheel of her moving car, and it's in a whole other section of the city from where she parked her car that morning. And she's freaking going to Wolfie Boy's house at three or four in the morning, which is not something she would ever do, ever. And so, uh, you know, Wolfie Boy was somebody she was never going to see again, pretty much anyway. And then he shapeshifts into a wolf, and that took care of that. You know, talk about how to end a date. And oh, so, yeah. So, you know, here, here we've got this cryptid, shape-shifting stuff involved. Now, Chad, in that interview a couple weeks ago, we're talking about all of this, and Chad's saying the word swamp witch because Wolfie Boy's mama was a swamp witch. And as soon as those words come out of his mouth, as I said, you hear this loud, uh, just the only way I know how to describe it, metallic growl and it's scary as sh- whatever, and you see Dude's <laughs> face react to it. And then a few minutes into it, now I'm talking again, you hear low growling kind of all the way through my portion of that particular little segment. Now, Dude's got a co-host, then she's in another state. I don't remember her name. She jumps online, and then you see the camera on her, and she's indicating, uh, because, you know, the host is saying, we got some weird sounds here or something or other, and uh, shenanigans or something he's referring to, and she says, the host says, yeah, I you know, some crazy growling, and then she duplicates. She's trying to duplicate the sounds of the growling, and then she says, you know, and I've been muted all this time. Like letting everybody know it ain't coming from me. Right. Well, that's that's new for us. Let me just say that. that that's never happened before. Um, if we can also mention, and I'll have Chad jump in here to fill this part in. We discover when Chad and I first moved to New Orleans in 1995, we move into an apartment above the Voodoo Temple. The Voodoo Temple is what they call the authentic Voodoo Temple in the quarter. And it's Hmm. built back in, it's built back in the, like 1800s, early, 1829, something like that, this property. So it is old. And it's got its original structures. Well, we live in the apartment right above the Voodoo Temple, 1995. Now, I'll have Chad pick it up as to the succession of what we've discovered about that location in the 20 years of when we lived there to just this year.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, we lived there wow. in 85 or 95, had some crazy experiences Lots there. Lots of crazy. Ten years later, you know, Katrina hits, or pretty much ten years later, Katrina hits. There's a couple there uh, by the name of Zach and Addie. And I don't know if you've heard this story. There was a book uh, written about the it, uh, Shake Off the Devil. Uh, but, uh, Ends up, this you know, Katrina hits, and these people are pretty good partiers, and they're starting to kind of enjoy it. They're helping people out. Young couple moves into our, our
4: apartment. Is you know, what he's saying, yeah, this, this
0: young couple—they're mm-hmm. living in the same apartment that we used to live in. And
2: they're so, good
4: drunks and good drug addicts.
2: <laughs> yeah, out of those, out of yeah. those in the, that area back then.
0: Yeah,
4: <laughs> and well-liked. and But, you know, yes. really
0: good people, you know, nice people, you know, everybody loved them. Uh, the, they had the best the, weed in the apartments, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Probably. But uh, ends up, he jumps off one of the rooftop bars here in the, the French Quarter. Commits suicide. Commits suicide.
2: Oh, my goodness.
0: They find a note in his pocket to uh, for the police to find. They go back to his apartment. Which is our old apartment. Which is our old apartment. They find the girlfriend. He had dismembered her. Part of her was, was. I think it was her head was in on a pot on the stove. Her, Another part was in the oven. Another part in the refrigerator. You know, just horrible, horrible. Oh with goodness. all these crazy things written on the wall. Uh, but that was, so fast forward again, 10 years later, this building burns down. Now it didn't burn down to the ground, but it burned where they had to, you know, our
4: apartments destroyed, the temple is destroyed. It all had to be moved. So all on this 20 year cycle, you know, now I'd like to mention when Chad and I lived in that apartment, we went through a lot of what I consider a lot of energetic, insanity. I'm mixed Indian with my regalia. That's been my world all my life. I'm moving in above a voodoo temple with a voodoo priestess. Very strange connection that wasn't a good connection for me. But due to economics, it was, you know, the only thing we could afford when we first moved there. But everything seems to have its reasons, you know, all of its hidden reasons. So I just want to mention the whole time we lived there, We were having ghosty experiences. I had a time slip experience with a possible Virgin Mary-like apparition, or she wasn't actually an apparition. She was full body. Uh, I was possibly connecting with what could have been females that were actual slaves
3: Mm. that had
4: lived on that property Hmm. back in the day. Um, all kinds of, Chad was having a full-blown encounter with a voodoo priest that had died just a year or just a few months or so on before we'd moved there. Up close and personal encounter with this voodoo priest. So, you know, our experiences were, there was poltergeisty stuff happening to us in terms of taking money and removing it for very long periods of time and then returning it and putting it in real weird places. This kind of stuff was happening to us, but but nothing on the level of, to to my understanding, nothing on the level of this kind of evilness that took place between, you know, this Zach and Addie situation where he dismembers her. We learned that, you know, he killed her and that she laid in that apartment for a week. Our understanding is for a week prior to... Him committing suicide and all of it. I mean, it's just, mm. just wow. So that all led into Chad and I having our with our friend and my coworker or abduction in '97, because this all took place in '95, and then you know we literally were taken, if you will, in '97. Um, but just trying to stay focused with, you know, here we got this crazy growling going on in our last interview. Um, we learn about our original apartment that is all this insanity associated with it upon our return here after being gone since 2001. <clears throat> um, prior to us returning here, Chad and I were five years in a motorhome traveling the Ohio Valley as kind of traveling artist and me working as a medium at metaphysical shows or, you know, wherever it was that we could be vendors and 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 do what we do best. And, mm. um, you know, amazing life. And we had some very interesting experiences out on the road, encounters, if you would, of, again, cryptid as well as uh, um, a whole light display. Do you, are you aware of Serpent Mound, Angel, no, or not. Chris?
2: No, I'm not. No. Chris?
1: Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm very familiar with that, yeah.
4: Right. So Chad and I were vendoring at Serpent Mound this last year, and we were staying. Of course, we have a motorhome, so we were staying in a park, a beautiful, you know, uh, uh, well-manicured, beautiful RV park and amusement area and what have you for a lot of tourism, more so than what we normally would stay in. But it was several miles away from. Do you remember, Chad?
0: Yeah, it was like, you know, maybe like a 20 minute drive back and forth. To the mounds? Uh, yeah, to the mounds. Because we were actually s- s-
4: vendering outside of guy, the
1: mounds.
0: Have you ever read any of Ross
1: Hamilton's books on the oh, serpent sure, mounds? Sure. Okay, yeah. He's he's a great guy and uh love Ross.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we were, uh, while we were, while we happened to be staying that particular weekend, uh, we had a young couple staying with us that had driven from someplace in Ohio, can't remember exactly, uh, Columbus, and they drove to come and spend the weekend with us. So we, the four of us are sitting out. Now, this is just this last year. The four of us are sitting out around big fire. You know, the chat has made a big, beautiful bonfire, or, you know, uh, campfire. Now, we're in a park that's got quite a few people, more than we normally like to be around. So it's not like we have a vacant place out in the woods where there's nobody else around. The evening began, first of all, with Chad is sitting on one side of the fire. Our girlfriend, is her name's Lonnie. She's sitting on the other side of the fire. They're kind of sitting, uh, they're on the ground, Indian style, cross-legged. And, and then her boyfriend and I, I think they're sitting in lawn chairs kind of up and behind them just within a few feet. And then I'll have Chad share with you. It was very bizarre, because at this point, I'm with Chad over 25 years, and I've never seen him do anything like this.
0: It was crazy. Uh, Lonnie is is very... Uh, she's a several
4: um, black belted... Yeah,
0: I mean, you know, she can... Karate person. Yeah. Talk <laughs> and she's about very good in, in the martial arts. She's
4: actually physically gorgeous, yeah, part Vietnamese and... Part Caucasian, a
0: beautiful right. mix. Oh yeah, yeah she yeah. is stunning. Yeah, so she's, you know, she's over there and she's, you know, doing this meditation, you know, or just goofing off, really. And all of a sudden, she goes like this towards, you know, it goes and pushes, pushes her, her hand, pushes her hands towards the fire, the fire. but not and hard. The, yeah, it just kind of flows. You know, does some like cheese stuff. You know, and, <laughs> and the fire goes down. It it dies
1: down. It goes dead. So,
0: you know, I'm like, okay, well, you know, if you can do it, so can I. You know, so I I take my hands. (laughs) Yeah, you know. Never works that way, my friend. You know, I didn't didn't say it out loud. So, you know, I start moving my hands around and, you know, I put my hands toward it, and it comes back up. That
4: freaking fire rose (laughs) like there was a, like a lever. Like I switched
0: it back on. And we did this back and forth three or four times, four or five times, you know. (laughs) It, now, in,
4: boyfriend is a huge skeptic.
0: Oh, yeah. And,
4: and and I am more than anybody. And I'm like hitting boyfriend in the shoulder saying, Tell me you don't, that you see that. Do you see what I'm seeing? Kind of. Because I couldn't <laughs> believe what I was,
3: because it
4: was nuts. It was nuts. And then next thing I know, they finally got done playing with the fire. They get up off the ground and then thus begins an all night, for, for it's, At least a few hours. It was still going on when we finally walked away from it because we were exhausted. An all-night light show from one horizon to the other in the middle of the night. And I swear on my mother, it felt like it was all for our benefit,
0: Mm. that it
4: was for us. And it was beautiful.
0: Yeah, there were shifts. And it was mind-blowing. There were, there were craft just flying all over the place, zigzags and circles and
4: horizon to you know, horizon,
0: just going from, and, and at one point, I don't know if it was like the Milky Way or what, but it was like that, the, that cloudiness up way up high in the sky. And I could see this, you know, light going into the cloudiness area. But then when it got to this cloudiness area, I could see the outline of it and it was like, you know, your standard, you know, disc shaped crap. And it, it it had to have been huge because it was way up there. And but the lights were were just crazy. You know, and again, being you know, we had been at Serpent Mound all day, we came home and to go, you know, so we were already in that heightened kind of state, you know. So when we got there and and I think Lonnie's the first one to see it you know she got our attention said oh my god did y'all see that and i'm like what and then she starts pointing up and you know we're all like
4: well actually we were inside of the the motorhome all four of us were up in the motorhome but the door was open and she saw
2: the initial
4: made the comment and uh you know thus got all of our attention and I mean, we barreled out of this. but We were, like, clamoring over each other to just get outside <laughs> because it was you, like. Um,
2: you chose world, world of this thing. You, you attacked it like you want to see it up close. <laughs>
4: oh. oh, yeah. Just wanted to be in it because uh, it was like, no, you didn't really see that. Because with all the crazy experiences that Chad and I have had together and apart, I'm still, like, I got to see it almost to believe it.
3: kind of personalities, and Chad, too,
4: I mean, we're both very skeptical. We work hard to try to write it off as whatever, whatever, but these things that we share with you publicly that we're allowed to share, we certainly see it as otherworldly. I don't know what else to call it.
2: It's interesting you would say it like that, that, uh, that you're allowed to share it um because it it almost it, it, you know certain information that you are sharing with us it almost does seem like you' are are allowed to tell it, but there might be other information that you are not even remembering of what experiences you've had, so who knows what yeah. it, is that, who knows what's happened that you you're not allowed to talk about and you know that's why it's you know memory that you don't have currently right um's Right, yes, Angel. They, That's right. There can, whole, there can be all kinds of uh, mysteries that are yet to be unlocked. Are you, folks, uh, are you still doing any regression memory or anything of that nature?
4: Well, I just thank you so much for what you just said, because that was so um, interesting to hear it stated like that, about how much still not been allowed to come forward, or for whatever is going on here. We've always said, you know, Chad's... Uh, or abduction in the french quarter comes out of chad's regression because mm-hmm. i have no memory of an orb i don't have any memory of coming off that street that night or being returned home but i seem to be the only one out of three of us that has memory of the in between and chad you know so much of this is based off of his regression right but when when the woman regressed, Chad. A very wonderful little woman that got along very well with Chad. They went into a private room. Um, I, I stayed out of it, and you know, she recorded it. What I discovered very quickly, though, is that it would appear that this was an area she had no um, uh, expertise in,
3: mm. in terms
4: of, you know, her regression was limited to everything else but this. So it seems like every time. In Chad's regression, he would start talking about different beings, the different types of beings that he was encountering. As soon as he'd start to do that, you could hear her become afraid, and you could hear her move him away from it. And I'm,
3: you know,
2: know, pulling out my
4: hair... (laughs)
2: <laughs> Here's your thing, though. That's not, not a bad thing because this uh, leads to me saying that at least she's not leading him towards the alien hypothesis or the Absolutely. abduction. You know, she's, she has no idea what she's getting herself so into, so that gives it more of a touch of authenticity to it as far as I'm concerned.
4: Absolutely. Right. But, again, I'm still pulling my hair out because I'm just going, <laughs> oh, wait a minute. we a not." So you're right. I mean, there's always all these beautiful, wonderful ways to look at all of this. We tried. Mm-hmm. We've, we've kind of been forced to have to. In my case, I paid a woman a lot of money in cash uh, that, that was uh, considered one of the best, if not the best. And she and I didn't do well with each other from the moment we encountered each other. And it was a very bizarre experience that ultimately I had some very strange, high strangeness take place, but the regression didn't. So the point is, is we are both very open to... uh, Now, the third person, our friend that was taken with us, she made it clear after the experience, she never intended to go public with any of this. We are still friends long distance all Mm -hmm. these years later. But she's just never seemed to have had an interest in exploring it any further or you know, any of that, so, but we're both very open.
2: Some people deal with uh, you know, adversity or with this kind of trauma and in a completely different way than you would hope for them to deal with, because, you know, you, you always want folks who have had these experiences to come forward and, and tell their story and and yeah. put it out there, but not everybody is that bold and brave, and uh, you folks definitely are, and we actually we ran over on time a little bit, uh, and, you know, we have to uh, get going here, but it's Definitely good to have you on for the first time, and I want to have you back on very soon so we can continue our lovely conversation and I'll get more of uh, what it, your experiences are. And I'm telling you, you know, the fact that you have some memories, you know, it's what you're being allowed to remember. I think there's a lot more in there that you're either not allowed to remember or they're, you know, eventually it'll trigger because, you know, there's a certain time and place for everything, including memories and experiences that we just are blocking out for now. Uh, but thank you so much for spending your time with, uh, this hour with us here and uh, on Skywatchers Radio. And please, 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 please come back soon so we can continue this conversation.
0: Yeah. Oh, awesome.
1: Yeah, it, it was good talking to you guys, too. It was good catching up. on the you um,
2: too, Chris. Yeah.
4: We so. wish you absolutely the best and Angel, anytime. It's such a. It's. I mean, you're just fun. It's. This has been fun, and we thank you so much for the time spent with us, and we look so forward to the future with you.
2: Definitely, definitely. You guys are awesome, and again, folks. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, the book cannot be bought on Amazon. We, we discussed that earlier. But where, where could uh, the audience find the book so they could check out the uh, the Orb Ducted?
0: Uh, yeah, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, I do sell it on Etsy. Uh, So either way, you're comfortable. You can get it off the Etsy page or Mm -hmm. uh, go through our uh, Facebook page or abducted it in the French Quarter and uh, go through PayPal. Awesome. And
2: Uh are you folks going to be uh, live anywhere in the the near future uh, that you want to tell folks to uh, look out for you?
0: Uh, not at the moment, nothing on the schedule. Uh, but- With the exception of we are always live in the French Quarter. Yes, for the most part. <laughs> uh, yeah. I work
4: in a shop there, um, Earth Odyssey. If anybody ever comes to the quarter, please come by the shop. It's beautiful. Mm. It's a beautiful shop. And Angel and Chris, we absolutely invite you. Please come and visit us. If you know, it'd be so much fun to show you the route and where this all took place. And huh. Um, well, I'd
1: love to be there. Yeah. I know, I'd love to He's go over basic. there that way. I've never been that far. Yeah. You know,
2: <laughs> it's funny because it's funny you guys are uh, kind of living uh, my future with uh, the mobile home. Um, I'm yeah. in, currently in the process of actually investing in one. Uh, for the simple purpose of, uh, taking my show on the road and, uh, yes. doing re- remote shows, uh, because I always said, look, if the, uh, the world's gonna end, I wanna be like Woody Harrelson in the, uh, movie 2012, I think it was, where he's with the, in his, uh, Winnebago, and he's in the right. Right in the, right in the middle of the storm as it's about to hit and everything's going to hell. I wanna be that guy, just broadcasting one last show before everything just dies out. And... <laughs> yeah, no doubt. We're
4: with the Angel.
2: Yeah, what a horrible so, movie. Yeah, you know, no, but, that me was, me but that was a it, great you know. scene, though. That that would be. be uh, yeah. uh, Woody Harrelson. Pay me Housen to watch that me. movie. I'll pay you know, pay
1: that. They, they should have not only paid me to watch it, they should have gave me a lifetime of free movie tickets with free popcorn <laughs> and so. But, but right. you're
2: missing the, but Chris, you're missing the point. It was still a great scene. Brilliant. Uh, okay. Scene. okay, the greatest Guys, scene
1: is when the credits came on.
2: <laughs> well, that may be true for you, but anyway. Guys, thank you again so much for being with us, and, uh, look forward to, uh, you know, having background back on, uh, in the very near future, and, uh, for everybody listening in, I know they enjoyed the heck out of this, uh, this episode, and, uh, it will be live on YouTube and Facebook, uh, and, uh, of course, our podcast on Song Cloud will very soon, in the next couple of minutes. And, uh, so anybody who wants to get the download and check out the, uh, podcast it will be live within 10, 15 minutes. Uh, again, for the other guy who was not here tonight, uh, Alan, who is my uh, usual co-host, he's away, and I uh, wanted to give him a shout-out. Having somebody else to uh, have on here, thank you, Chris, I'm much for being better.
1: here. We all know that, come on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he really is, he really is. Mm-hmm. Well, I uh,
1: was part of the, the clan before, I just kind of took, you know, off the track. So I'm here to fill in again every now and then, if you need me. So you know.
2: you're, you're the man, but thank you so <laughs> much for being I, here I with I always us. am. And uh, like I always say uh, at this time of the show, guys, before we leave, Keep looking to the skies and uh, good night, Mom. Take care, everybody. <laughs>